You are listening to the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 300 for the week of Wednesday, the 29th of November, 2017. I'm Scott, and with me tonight are... Ben. Adam. John. And Eddie. This episode is brought to you by Audible, Loot Crate, Gamefly, Mike's Comics and Stuff, and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, we celebrate our 300th weekly episode with a 20 commentary of Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Hey guys, I think there might have been a typo in that intro because I think it said that it was like 300 episodes, but that cannot possibly be right, can it? I feel 300 episodes old. (laughs) (laughs) Mentally as well as physically? Yep. And emotionally. (laughs) That's my 350. (laughs) Yeah, because if you kind of go like, you know, if you think about the amount of hours of actual audio that we've uploaded... (laughs) <laughs> and then <clears throat> multiply that by probably not quite two, but pretty close. Because particularly yeah. in the early days, sometimes uh, oh, take us, epics. Yeah, yeah, and, and it used to take us quite a while to produce like an hour show. <laughs> <laughs> I think in the early days, by the time we had forty-five minutes of Skype issues, twenty yeah. minutes of going over what we were going to talk about, three hours of actual episode, it was they were gargantuan yeah no wonder i had a breakdown and nearly wanted to quit (laughs) 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 um the uh do do you think that the tech has gotten better or we've just gotten better or a combination thereof or (sighs) well i think i'm still using i'm pretty sure i'm still using the same computer the same software with the same settings other than the occasional skype update that breaks things same underwear yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's wearing underwear now. That's a change. Well, the, See, well no. Some things improve with time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's right. We haven't we haven't gone down the you have to wear pants road for a while. So, yeah. <laughs> That's mm. good at least. Which was the whole basis of a character in the Lego movie. That was us. That's true. <laughs> That's absolutely true. We we should have really kind of probably sued, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, for our intellectual property being used. So um, I thought rather than like to celebrate that 300 episodes, which is like six years, right? Is that? Yay. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Far out. Yeah, just um, under. Just under. I, I yeah. thought I would um, like ask you a couple of questions, and I've given you a little bit of heads up for this, but not a lot. So I'm expecting semi-eloquence, not complete <laughs> eloquence. It's okay. But I was just kind of, you know, I wanted to ask you guys, first of all, like, what is something positive that has come out of being involved in this for this time for you? Um, you know, and I mean, obviously, we obviously, I think one of the reasons why we've kept doing it is because we like talking to each other, you know, so obviously there's that kind of friendshipy element, etc. But like, you know, anything kind of unexpected or highly memorable or whatever. Um, that has been a highlight of this experience for you. Who 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 wants to go first? I'll choose. Remember, I, I was a teacher. <laughs> you you kind of stole my answer, though, of the wonderful oh. friendships that have formed yeah. and uh, had. And I know it's the obvious one, but it is the true 
sappy one. I mean, I'm I'm very grateful because um, unlike you guys, I started off as a listener and a fan, and so I, in the beginning, those early episodes, I was on the other side uh, of the iPod and have eventually been welcomed in by you into the family and all that. So I, I've definitely had a, a nice positive um, experience coming through and um, positive on both ends. I enjoyed being a fan and I've enjoyed being part of the show. Cool. Yay. <laughs> I just think it's a, a great outlet for your hobbies. It's, it's nice to be able to talk to people, you know, like we've been saying, but for me, it's uh, an extension of that in that we, we all have lives outside of these hobbies and, um, you know, sharing them with friends is great. But when you've had a long week and you're tired and sometimes, you know, it, it is tough to to get the motivation up to sit down and, you know, record for three hours. But I think as some of our bloopers will attest to, um, we really do have a good time doing these shows. I mean, there's there's been episodes where we've had to stop recording because we've just had fits of the giggles uh, and we just can't keep going. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, I think almost, you know, pretty much every week we, we finish up an episode and you get to the end and you go, yeah, geez, that was fun. Like, you know, yeah. really, that was that was good times talking about fun things. Uh, and then we often, you know, text each other and go, thanks for that. That was great. And that's a, a genuine, you know, I, I needed that. You know, thanks, guys. Hmm. Adam or John, it's down to you. Oh, Adam, you're alphabetically first. Okay, well, I mean, apart from the obvious, you know, it means that I'm sat in front of a computer without playing video games or watching porn of an evening, uh, which is always a bonus, probably. Um, At the same time. (laughs) Uh, Look, there's only so much multitasking a fella can do, come on. Um, I think the other thing that we we haven't really talked about is, so when I started, um, I was a lot more involved in obviously the forum and the boards and all that. And yeah, I know I'm basically not at all there anymore. So it's actually become the thing that I do to actually keep in touch with what's going on, not just with the toy world, but also with you guys. So I can just kind of go, okay, I still somehow feel connected to, to the community because otherwise I'm just a guy collecting toys by himself when he's not watching porn or playing video games. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh. Obviously, you know, our our screening process were pretty lax when Adam came on board. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He was a tax write-off. And there was that the, the rat from um thing, Charlotte's Web. That was a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right, yeah. Lovely fans. Yeah, lovely fans. What about you, John? You know, um, I, I think the fans are probably kind of the the unexpected bonus because there's a lot of people out there that'll talk to me on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, and, and those people have became friends now too. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's been kind of kind of a nice surprise, and there, there's a lot of people out there that I, I wouldn't know because of this, um, and I've interacted with, or or maybe they feel open enough that they can interact with me now, and and that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I th- you know I think for me outside of obviously the the friendships etc the that element of when you get little insights into um, other people that enjoy the show and write in and share things um, that sometimes are unexpected you know we've had a couple recently of um, vision impaired people um, write and talk about 
um, how much they appreciate the podcast, but also what collecting means to them. You know, those sort of things that just give you an insight into um, the fact that, you know, you're doing something that brings uh, hopefully something positive to other people. And, you know, there are people that we know that have listened right from the beginning, um, but then also people who will come on board that, you know, haven't heard heard it and say, so I've decided to go right back to the beginning and listen. You think, wow, really? Like, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> um, but, you know, and I even, think we- even here in some of the places, like uh, we've had, I think, two or three mention that they listened to us while touring in like Afghanistan and Iraq. Yep, and that's right. um, yep. the yep. soldiers that listen, like, yeah, it's always, it's always amazing to hear. Um, where people are finding us and the stories behind it. Thanks to everybody in Germany. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the um, I, I think that you know one thing that I've really, uh, really enjoyed about this whole experience is just feeling that kind of sense of connection and having your um. This is kind of uh, segueing into the next question, which I'm going to ask you, which is how your collecting habits, etc., have changed over time. But you know, for me, the other really positive thing about doing this is that. I've just been exposed to so many things that I wouldn't normally have a known about or b been interested in. And you know, there's some things that you know I haven't started to buy, etc. But that I know a lot more about and enjoy, you know, hearing about Dragon Ball and you know that that sort of stuff that it's not necessarily in my wheelhouse. And mm-hmm. you know what I what I um, notice now when I do put the episodes together, put the artwork together, etc., is just how much more diverse the things that we talk about are um, yeah. than than when we first started, where you know it was kind of really DC and Marvel focused, and that was because of the interests of the people that were hosting. And obviously, we've brought in people that have different interests, which has um, helped diversify it. But um, I also think that. Uh, just you know the nature of collecting uh, that has changed you know i from the time that i first started the afb blog which is an unspeakable number of years ago now um <laughs> the the uh the, the access that we have to um different types of collect- collectibles and options for things um has just exploded yeah, it's it's really yeah. um, amazing, and the the quality um, and the the price <laughs> along you know <laughs> along with it. Um, so this is you know my my second question to you was if you think about like since you started doing this, how has your collecting changed, and how do you see it changing? And I'll answer first this time. So you know, I, like I. Um, I still buy, you know, quite a number of action figures. Mainly, Marvel Legends is the one thing I'm still, you know, really collecting, even though I don't have display space for it. Um, I, you know, I have, I think, at times kept buying figures because I'm doing the show and because we're reviewing stuff like icons, etc. Even though I don't really have, you know, space for them and end up kind of on selling them, and I need to be better about that just from a space, time, budget, you know, perspective. Um, but I, I'm really enjoying. Um, uh, kind of focusing my collecting a bit more, you know, on DC statues. Really, that um, you know, I've I've been through the huge Bowen phase, been through, you know, which kind of got ended for me. I didn't choose to end it; it just kind of stopped. <laughs> you know, <laughs> come back, Randy. And but you know, there was a, then kind of helped make the decision to say, okay, I'm gonna um, finish with those and use that to fund other things. 
Um, but I'm, I'm really enjoying, I think, being a lot more focused on planning the next thing as opposed to just buying lots of things and enjoy, really enjoying, obviously, what Sideshow is doing with DC, but getting excited about Tweeterhead as well um, and you know some of the more diverse things that they're doing and just kind of maybe planning a little bit more patiently to buy less, spend a little bit more on individual things. Um, mm, I kind of see yeah, that. Yeah. I see that kind of being the next evolution of the the collection and maybe it actually getting you know a little bit more focused and a little bit actually smaller but still mm. more enjoyable you know um yeah ben what about you yeah i i certainly go through my phases and uh certainly going back to uh, probably even pre-podcast um days when uh, I had stars in my eyes and there was a lot of good stuff coming out and so I was buying bits and pieces of everything and I was buying the various statues that came out um, from different companies and you kind of come to the realisation eventually that you can't collect everything and certain things stand out more than others and I, I can't remember the last time I bought a statue that wasn't one quarter scale. So, you know, if you go back through the episodes, there's been uh, breakdowns and things where Scotty, you and I have talked about DC cover girls and, you know, Bowen statues. I can remember us doing Hobgoblin and Rogue in one episode. Uh Uh, And I I can't remember the last statue. Might have even been the Rogue statue was the last one that I got. So, you know, I've decided that, yeah, you can't collect everything and – like you, I've moved on some pieces and reinvested that money into other things, so to build up my quarter scale. Um, but that's also happened with other lines that have taken my enthusiasm. I can remember I got um, very enthusiastic with the three and three-quarter Thundercats from Bundai, and, um, of course, you know, they they died a, you know, a death. And uh, every Christmas, so not far off in the next sort of few weeks, I tend to sort of look through my collection and see things that, you know, yeah, they were fun at the time, and I really don't know that I'm that enthused to, to go through the whole selling process, and I wrap them all up and give them uh, away under giving trees. And it's a, mm. yeah, it's a bit of a cathartic exercise that I do every year where, you know, I'm fortunate enough that I can sort of pass on those things and give that gift to, to someone else. So, that's awesome. Yeah. J- just on the quarter scale thing, I think that that's probably – partly a reflection of your collecting interests and partly a reflection of the trends of what's being produced. Like I, I think there mm. are, you know, th- th- there are fewer, definitely more companies producing at that scale. Um, and, uh, you know, it's uh, obviously DC collectibles um, has still been doing a range of things, but particularly in the Marvel space um, with yeah. Bowen going, um, you know, you've either got, like Iron Studios, their one tenth scale, which stuff, which I just can't get over the price of those. For yeah, I don't know, yeah, exactly. I don't know what they cost in the U.S., but they're to me, to me here in Australia, really overpriced for what they are. Yes. Like you know, they yes. look really nice. You go, oh, that, oh, the price. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so that you've got less options at at a at a smaller scale for Marvel. Um, That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, and I think the, the universe building um, has a lot to do with that. I, I like the idea of being able to look across, a, a, you know, a diverse range of characters and uh, to, to sort of commit 
to multiple lines is uh, oh. an expensive decision. And so, um, you know, many of the sideshow pieces at a quarter scale for me are, are aesthetically very pleasing. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to sort of commit to that rather than spreading the scales around and then just hoping that in that particular statue line they eventually do a moon night. And, uh, yes. Yes. Yeah, so it's, it can be frustrating. Yeah. Well, I suppose that's the other thing that's kind of informed some of my changes of habits is just getting uh, more jaded about the likely being, you know, a universe builder that, you know, the likeliness, likelihood, sorry, of lines really expanding to that point, you know, there's yeah. times where, because that's always the promise. Um, but it's, a, I think, you know, it's a little bit like um, Lucy with the football and Charlie Brown, you know, we're like, how many times do you um, <laughs> let somebody yeah. pull it up from under you before you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Somebody else. Well, I okay. was thinking that I was going to have a unique take by saying that I became sort of more focused in my collecting um, <laughs> than when I was when I first joined. And then uh, two people have mentioned it now. Um, so then while you guys were talking, I was like, oh, I don't want to say the same thing <laughs> again. I was thinking back. And one thing that's really changed with me that feels uh, like it's kind of every day, and I don't know if this was just a collecting thing, but uh, since doing the podcast, I now pre-order a lot where I don't think I really pre-ordered much at all before uh, coming on. I used to just wait till something was out mm. and people were starting oh. to get it in hands before I'd start tracking them down mm. and then sort of realizing how it often is cheaper and easier and you know, then you do sort of have it in and locked down. And, uh, you just me, got I, FOMO is what you're really saying. Yeah, just yeah. Scotty's <laughs> most contagious. Scott. But it is um, – uh, it's also that thing, I guess, of doing it that you do kind of want to have it early on to talk about it as well. Yeah, so you think, oh, I'm, dying. I'm doing this uh, for, a, for a reason. But I always struggled – with it because I'm not a gambler at all. I, I hate the idea of giving money and not getting something back right away. Mm-hmm. So it, it really took me, although I knew pre-ordering was an option, it wasn't until sort of doing this show and knowing that there was a reason for it and I would sort of, as my collecting became more focused, knowing that I oh, know I will definitely still want this in six months' time and uh, fronting up for the pre-orders. Mm. So, yeah, that, that would be my probably biggest change. Cool. Mm. I'm happy to go next. Um, okay. So, so similar to um, everyone that's gone so far, uh, I would have started off very Marvel focused. Um, I started getting or when the podcast started. I think um, I was just trying to think. Legends had been cancelled. I think by when I joined the podcast. Uh, so the Hasbro Legends. So I was deeply onto the um, the Marvel Universe line. Yes. Um, and I have long since dropped. Stopped collecting that, and I've offloaded my entire collection of that along with my entire Legends collection. Um, it just got to the point I, I wasn't connecting to it the way that I used to. Um, so there's that. Um, I've definitely got on to pre ordering a lot more than I would have in the past. Uh, the thing, I guess, particularly probably before I joined the podcast, um, I would have been doing a lot more eBay work and quickly quickly tired of trying to collect things via rebay not just because of the prices but because of the the um having to bid on things getting outbid 
um, mm. not knowing whether you were going to get things or not. And then, of course, um, being me, um, I don't gamble well and I will absolutely chase my losses. So uh, there'd be times when I go, my absolute limit is that, and someone would outbid me and I'd just keep going for another 10, 20, 30 bucks. And I'd go, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I yeah, actually yeah. did yeah. not want to spend that. Um, yeah. My maximum bid and my after. absolute maximum bid. <laughs> yeah. My final absolute maximum bid. <laughs> my, my fuck you, I'm doing this just to spite you. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then the occasional, I am actually bidding on this just to spite the person that keeps bidding it, trying to outbid me, and then they'd stop and I'd go, oh, that was bad. <laughs> Sometimes the universe teaches you a lesson. Um, but I think the other thing that's changed is just the, the range of figures that we're getting um, from companies like uh, Max Factory, um, Revoltech, Bundai and the figure arts related lines that have that uh, ridiculously articulated form factor, mm. a lot more pack-ins, a lot more swap-out portraits and all of those kind of things. It just made me kind of go, yeah, I don't need to buy as many figures to feel happy. I'm happy to focus on one or two properties and just get the figures that I really want and I'll pay more for that particular line, um, which is kind of cool. Obviously, um, being on the podcast, I've learned a lot more about statues than I would have without being on the podcast to the point where I've got a couple of my own. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, I think the other thing is back when the podcast started, I think there would have been a lot more Lego being purchased in our house and that's dwindled quite considerably uh, since then just because, because we... people made fun of you about how you said it or... It's a, a space thing and a time being devoted to assembling kits and then working out where things are going to be put and um, just the time consumption factor more than anything. Hmm. Yeah. Huh. And the pre-ordering for sure, I mean, that's it would have been in the cart in the past, a case of, yeah, pre-order probably about 50. Hello? I can't hear you. <laughs> oh, hello, hello, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I don't know what happened. I got it. It was weird. I got a Facebook. I got a Facebook message. Are you, are you back, Eddie? We still oh, lost man. Eddie. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, he's hey. back. Yeah. How weird. We can hear. So yeah, the last. It, thing- I I I didn't actually drop off of Skype. Um, Garage Band. Um, quit on me unexpected. Oh. And oh, because my microphone runs through Garage Band into Skype, that's why he couldn't hear me. So the last bit that I caught was Adam saying something about pre-ordering 50% or something. And yeah. the last, last thing was Adam finished off and I said, what about you, Eng? And then John started talking. And, okay. I didn't and then get, Scott I didn't, started talking. And then yeah. Scott interrupted. I yeah. didn't get any of that on the recording. Some things just don't change. Yeah. <laughs> that's, right. that, that's true. That's true. He's flipping um, you off. So I think I need Adam to finish a complete sentence before we can throw over to John. Um, I look, oh, I'm getting it. Can you guys hear a bit of a, oh no, wait, hang on. It's my end. There we are. Um, sorry, I had an echo on my end, but it's cause, uh, so I've gone back in and garage band has, uh, completely lost everything that I was recording. So Scotty, have oh, you, okay. Yeah, I'm okay. You, you've still yeah. been, okay, I've cool. Been re- I've been recording the whole time. So I've captured everything. All right, cool. Um, That it was my fault. I just noticed something. I was just going to quickly touch it in GarageBand and that caused it. So it wasn't like it quit 
unexpectedly. Um, so hopefully if I don't do that when we're recording the commentary, we should be fine. Okay. <laughs> if that um, makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, Adam, what what <clears throat> sensible thing can you say to – or what am I talking about? Um, what thing can yeah, you say? Um, Adam was saying that 50% of his – Fifty yeah. percent used to be fifty percent pre-orders, and now he pre-orders. Yeah, can you just start from there, and then we'll yeah. throw over to John. Okay, cool. Okay, five. In five. Oh, yeah, you count four, yourself four. in. So cool. Yeah. In five, four, three. Yeah. So I guess the other thing that changed is, um, you know, previously would have pre-ordered about fifty percent of what I purchased, and and that became one of those. Well, you may as well just go ahead and pre-order the lot because that way you know you're going to get it. Um, yeah. And yeah. and tying into that was the whole, you know, you you I would have in the past previously tried a couple of different stores to get a better price. Now I've just kind of settled on, you know, uh, two main stores in Big Bad Toy Store and Hobby Link Japan for basically everything, unless it's something that I can't get through there, and then I'll try other means if I really want it because it's just easier. I might pay more, but I kind of don't yeah. care anymore. Yeah, fair you enough. It's interesting that you guys say that because I have almost totally stopped pre-ordering stuff besides Sideshow. Um, but because I think it's a lot of it, I'm sure has to do with the stuff that we collect, right? Like, cause besides the Sideshow premium formats, I'm mainly buying either Kotobukiya or DC collectibles stuff. And that has become really readily available at Zing, etc. And so mm. I've kind of gotten into the habit of waiting until I, you know, because I, I know that I'm going to get it. And I guess at the same time, there's been, you know, some changes in exchange rates, et cetera, that have made pre-ordering less uh, financially viable. Um, so it's kind of funny how the you know market changes. And I'm sure it's partly just because of the stuff that I collect versus what you might collect. Um, but oh. you know, even, e- even pre-ordering stuff you know, in from a comic shop, etc. I'm like, I don't really, it's probably not organized enough to do it, but also not feeling like I need to, because I know that in most cases I will actually be able to find the stuff that I want or, when it comes out. So it's kind of just like opposite day. <laughs> Whereas I'm still all over the place. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, Nothing's I'm, changed. I'm kind of there with Adam though. Cause because with the the figure art stuff, if you want it, you're better to pre-order it if you even think you want it. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if not, you know, by the time it comes out, you're you're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you if you wait for it to be in stock, it won't be there um, most of the mm. time. So. Mm. So what about you, John? What what have things changed for you? You know, when I came on the show, I was kind of the the three and three quarter guy. Um, it was Star Wars, it was G.I. Joe, and and those kind of things. And I don't hardly buy any three and three quarter figures anymore. Uh-huh. <laughs> unless you see unless you see like uh like uh I saw some of the Rogue One stuff on clearance and I was like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll buy that. Kind of the mass market stuff. I, I think I wait for clearance stuff to come out, you know, just because I'm not seeing that stuff out there. But on the other hand, kind of like Adam, um, you know, my my focus kind of changed and I'm getting more figure arts and stuff now. And um, I, I kind of like buy those one or two figures that make me really happy with a bunch of accessories in them from Japan. And um, that, that makes me happier. But then on the other end, I've got, you know, I've got a ton of pop vinyl now that I didn't have before. Mm-hmm. Um, things mm-hmm. like the, uh, the Kotobukiya superpower stuff. I've got two of those on my desk and, and 
I'm sure I wouldn't have done that without you guys and uh, probably you, Scott, talking about them, um, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and taking a chance on those. And then um, I, I've got three Marvel Gallery statues here in the last month. So, wow. from, from <laughs> so you know, um, that wouldn't have been even a thing, you know, back when I started. So it huh. uh, changed, changed some, you know, some different things. Um, I, I pre-ordered a case of Marvel Legends, which, you know, that was odd this year, but kind of that. <laughs> and, and and now I see all those figures everywhere, and I'm thinking, why did I pre-order that case? I could have uh. just got the ones I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, yeah. So 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 Scott has driven that fear of missing out into uh, all of us. <laughs> and I lost it. Is this hilarious? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. John also finds himself, uh, you know, stalking every Walgreens that he comes across too, just because of his, uh, you know, uh, pop culture connections in other countries. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah I, and um, it's, it's greatly appreciated. It is. Well, <laughs> yeah. I happen to have a big stack by the door right now that, that's ready to go into a box. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Hey, go, John. But, go I, John. but it's weird. I, I find myself, um, you know, just outside of the show i listen to a lot of other podcasts and um it's always transforming people now now i've got a pr- transformer on pre-order and i'm thinking what the hell happened there <laughs> and I, 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 it's I just down. weird nice yeah. nice i blame eddie for that one you know yeah <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm the quote unquote transformer guy it, uh, you know there I, are some things that that uh, uh you know we all have kind of similar pop culture influences yeah and we, yeah and awareness and some, it's more just about you know what stuff there's some stuff that i'm really happy to listen to but i just wouldn't pull the trigger on because it's outside of what i collect but you know that that doesn't mean that you can't change you, you know i think it's listening to you guys talk positive about a lot of stuff because you know before for me as a collector i knew star wars i knew what i was getting i knew gi joe i knew what i was getting but some of this other stuff to take a chance on it and a chance to be disappointed mm-hmm. but but after hearing hearing guys like you talk about it um especially you guys you know talk about things like the the diamond statues or the the code of Bikia ones and and know okay i'm fairly confident i trust these guys to not lead me astray um <laughs> I'll, 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 uh, uh, Wait, have yeah, you I'll met see. Adam? I don't, I'm not sure if that's a really good idea. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, um, but you know, I, I, I'm more willing to take that chance on some things now that maybe I wasn't before, and not fear getting disappointed. You know, fear of not getting my money's worth. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that can actually influence sometimes. You know, there's things that you know you you might take a punch on, but when someone else gives an honest review and it sounds like oh, maybe that is okay then you know it can um can be worth it after all and we get that feedback from listeners sometimes where it's like oh you know i'd never bought a statue before but after listening to you guys i started looking at them etc and you know that's it's all good it's such a different time from you know particularly you know in my uh, from my age like when i grew up where i had no friends that were I had a few couple of friends that were kind of into comics, but we didn't really talk about it very much. Um, and you know, I like I made my own fan club by writing to people who had their letters published in Legion of the Superheroes mm. comics. You know, because I oh. needed people to talk to about it. Like, it's, <laughs> um, and uh, it was all a bit kind of weird and bizarre, really. But um, <laughs> to be able to just kind of, uh, yeah. 
times have definitely changed. That, that I think mm. that is one of the really positive things about the internet is that just accessibility to realize that, ah, oh, you know, I'm not I'm not the only person that likes this stuff, and even you know stuff like Tech Legion as an example, which has a a, a very loyal but you know relatively small fan base. Um, but to be able to kind of connect with those sort of people um, uh, in a much easier way, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Mm. So we uh, before we jump into our uh, – we couldn't remember what we called this last time, whether we called <laughs> it an uh, audio commentary or a tradio commentary. Um, so – because I, I believe we had a difference of opinion last time about which was better and um, – so anyway. I agreed neither. <laughs> and as usual, had no better yeah. idea. So um, the, the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, before we jump into that, I want to mention that we um, have got some little sound bites from some friends of the show and former hosts, etc., um, <sighs> that uh, have chimed in that we're going to use as the breaks here and um also one from justin who is still a host but wasn't able to be here um with us tonight um so uh i hope that you enjoy hearing from them and we will uh take a short break uh we will uh, come back and uh, talk to you some more if you like listening to podcasts, then there's a good chance you'd enjoy audiobooks as well. To make it easy for you, our sponsor, Audible, is offering our listeners a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial when you go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. A book I'd like to recommend is X heroes by author Peter Kleins. X heroes is the first book in a series about a group of superheroes trying to survive and protect what's left of humanity in the wake of a zombie apocalypse. It's a genre-bending story that has something for fans of comic books, superhero films, and the whole zombie phenomenon. To get your copy of X heroes for free and start your 30-day trial, or find another book to start your Audible journey, go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. Justin here from the Action Figure Blues podcast. 300 episodes. Hmm, should say something funny here like, oh boy, my bones are aching. <laughs> anyway, taking a trip down memory lane and some fond memories of when we first started, uh, especially for me, I was a ring-in on the first episode. It turned out that um, Andy uh, had some family situations he had to take care of and couldn't join the guys on the first podcast. And I uh, got the call from Scott as I was driving to the shops. I remember it quite clearly. <laughs> if I would like to join something called a podcast, I had no idea at that stage what that actually was. Uh, I had never used Skype before, and it sounded like a bit of work to do, but uh, <laughs> it turned out all right in the end. I think uh, I've said this before when we reminisce about uh, Milestone podcasts at my favorite one or one of the favourite times was when we actually met in person and recorded a podcast uh, in Scott's uh, visiting hotel room. Sounds a lot seedier than it was, but uh, it was it was okay. <laughs> Putting uh, faces to the voices was uh, really good. Um, just think about uh, other episodes as well, sort of merge into one after a while, but just like to say uh, thanks to... Everyone that's listened for all this time and 
especially to all the the hosts and people that work behind the scenes on it as well. Like uh, I'm very compute, computer illiterate, so my role is very easy. can just come on board any old time, but it's really the other guys that put in a tremendous amount of work behind the scenes to get the podcast out every each and every week. Uh, 300 is really no uh, small feat when you compare it to the amount of podcasts that come and go over time. So... It's the whole experience has been really good. I guess uh, collecting habits have changed a little bit in that time. The guys opened uh, my eyes to the possibility of statues, which is something I never would have thought about collecting uh, when first starting the podcast. Also, I think DC Universe Classics were in full flight at that time as well, and it was a very exciting time to be a collector when the podcast first started because we had uh, six-inch representations of Marvel, being Marvel Legends in all that time. And now we had DC Universe Classics as well. Um, and also during that time as well, I was collecting Masters of the Universe Classics. Uh, finished collecting that in 2015 because they, the initial roster and the initial run was done. And I thought that the amount of characters we got at that time was probably well and truly enough for me now. Uh, collecting habits, still Marvel Legends at this stage and got into the statue realm sort of on the sidelines a bit. With that, not going full uh, full deep into that world, but definitely collecting a lot of statues. Just another thing behind the scenes as well, and we talked about this on the show as well, massive uh, Judge Dredd fan and uh, Ben on the show informed me that uh, someone close to me via eBay was selling that uh, Judge Dredd uh, statue from Pop Culture Shock, I think it was, uh, for $120. I mean, that's the, the brotherhood behind the scenes as well, though. These guys really bend over backwards to to help you out in all things they can. Um, nothing is, you know, too hard for anyone to do. John overseas helps us out a lot with uh, with exclusive store exclusives. Ben, Ben, Ben is like that. Uh, I don't know, like a family member that help you in any situation. Um, you got Eddie, who's just so knowledgeable about stuff, and of course the King Scott. Of collecting his statue collection is something to be admired, and those guys uh, behind the scenes, Westy has just come over from overseas holiday, and one of the first thing he said was, uh, "Adam, sorry, would uh, would anyone like me to look for stuff overseas while I'm over here? It's um, incredible." Um, so my my thoughts on that haven't changed over the years. My participation level has really dropped off a lot in the FB uh, Blues podcast, only because of work commitments, nothing else, and hopefully. Um, change to another part-time basis at work at the moment so hopefully we'll be able to join a lot more when we get uh, regular shows going out again full shows would be really happy time to join the guys again having said that thanks again for everyone especially those guys that listened from the start um it's been incredible for anyone still out there listens from episode one to 300 thank you very much not to say anything from anyone else who hasn't listened if it's their first episode picking up 300 thank you and welcome aboard and uh hope to hear from you soon thank you bye Hey guys, Eli here. You may remember me from episode 1 of the Action Figure Blues podcast. Hard to believe it's 299 episodes later, with scratchy microphones and all the things we've added to our collection since. In that time, I've changed jobs, moved house twice, once to the other side of the country. I'm still reading comics, but collecting less. My main love these days is board games and all the collector's dilemmas that poses. But I have picked up a couple of things in the meantime. Most notable acquisitions were probably the uh, Francis Manipal Flash statue. Pretty happy about that one. 
the Batgirl of Burnside motorbike set, some of the Darwin Cook designer series figures, and of course the odd Firestorm thing here or there. Anyway, enough about me. Congratulations, guys, on making it to 300. It's been a pleasure to be a part of it. Later. If your collecting addiction is a hard itch to scratch, then you might lack a bit of insurance that you always have some new goodies on the horizon. Loot Crate is the world's favorite subscription box service, and they're currently offering AFB listeners 10% off any of their flexible subscription plans. Every Loot Crate includes exclusive apparel and collectible items built around a theme, and there are so many theme crates to choose from, whether you're into a more general pop culture or gaming theme, or you have a more specific interest. To save 10% on any new subscription, go to trylootcrate.com forward slash AFBlues and enter the promo code BREACH10. If you do sign up and you love your loot, be sure to go to the AFB Facebook page and post a pic of your new gear. That's trylootcrate.com forward slash AFBlues with the promo code BREACH10. Hello again. So we are set and ready to begin our Toidio commentary, I believe it was, that we settled on Toy- at the end. Toymentary. Toymentary. Oh, we're, we're talking over a movie, basically. We're going to be those annoying people <laughs> in the cinema. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, we are doing uh, Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Now, we are doing just for the sake it's the most readily available version uh is the special edition uh and the best way to sync up with us is no matter what version you got be it blu-ray the first dvd release the second dvd release uh we should line up fine if instead of clicking your play button in the main menu if you go into your chapter options uh, and go to the very first chapter option, now that should skip any sort of the uh, extra pieces they add on on DVDs like Dolby Surround Sound and Fox Home Theatre release CGI intros and just take us straight into what's considered part of the movie run so uh if you haven't done so already and are going to follow us with the movie as well if you want to just pause and get to that and you're back so all you guys are you all set to go for me to begin the countdown let's yes. do it okay in five four three two one Ooh, how exciting. Yeah. So I wonder if... Just in case people can't hear the music, I'm just helping out. Do you reckon (laughs) if Disney does buy 20th Century Fox, we'll finally get that intro back on our Star Wars films? That's what they're hoping for. Seems wrong otherwise. Disney are trying to buy 20th Century? Yeah. I'm so out of it. It um, looks like it hasn't going to go... It isn't going to go through, though, but it's apparently still an option on the table. So, uh, huh. we'll see. And and, ha- and Hasbro wasn't able to buy Mattel at this point, either. Yeah. Now you're caught Speaking up, Yeah. Of- <laughs> yeah. Wow. We're very dating. Speaking of a new hope. Yeah. Uh, every time I see that, you know, a long time ago, I always think, you know, it's happened in the past. So, there's still a very real chance I'll find a lightsaber one day. <laughs> <laughs> Just as a, an archaeological yeah. artifact. 
Well, yeah, well, I mean, I've got the um, the Hasbro. What was the ones they they've been doing the the high end Hasbro ones? I've got um, one of those, and they're they're pretty cool. But the fact that you can't like cut a hole in a door or anything is you know a bit of a bummer. There, mm. there was one available that got banned because uh, you could actually cut holes in things. Uh, yeah, it wasn't actually, really a toy. Uh, it was a Kickstarter. That was basically yeah. a really strong laser pointer, so it didn't have an end point like a lightsaber does. But mm. yeah, mm. so they, they're getting close. Yeah, yeah. And there's some guys that actually do some third-party sabers, and I don't think they refer to them as lightsabers because of copyright. But they, um, they, they, you know, threaten that they're sort of full combat use, and certainly the uh, the ad that goes with it shows these guys beating the bejeebas out of them. So <laughs> I used to call uh, them lightsabers. No, no, that's it was a, a big shit. Um, it's a big shit. Oh yeah, I guess in the I've never noticed that planet in the background. <laughs> is that a planet? It's it's no moon. I'm never going to get Damn, a star destroyer for my Star Wars black, am I? I might as well just give up on that now. Yeah. Have you got a whole house? Well, I think what what it'd be, it'd it'd be bigger than a house? Five hundred meters or something? Yeah. Wow, probably bigger than that. Yeah, if you if you're talking a scale, um, Star Wars Black, a Millennium Falcon is about half a average house. So yeah, I think to do it that proper, out. proper. Yeah, yeah, not that long ago. You know, as a kid, I one of the I mean, Hoth has always been my thing. I just I love Hoth. I love you know the designs um, for both you know the Alliance and uh, and um, the Imperials, but. Um, I had the Hoth playset, the one that came with the turret and the probe droid. And uh, for years, that was my only real reference as to how big a probe droid was because the movie doesn't actually give you that kind of feel for how big this thing is because you never see anyone next to it. So I've always sort of it's, one- it's, it's big enough that you can take it out with a turret that's pointed directly at it from like three feet away. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But you've got to turn the thing out to, to actually make it like fall off its little stick. So I used to have a great time doing that. See, I, I love that place. Though. My knowledge of them came from the Dark Forces video game where they're actually a mm. lot smaller than yeah. what they seem to be. So I, I was always annoyed when I saw the toy because I was like, oh, they've made it too big. Like, why is this a deluxe yeah. box? These things are small. Yeah. I was, um, with the, the Tauntons, I was always a. Uh, a, a huge fan of that clever idea with the trap jaw, the you know, little trap door on the top of them that you could stick their legs in. I thought that was actually really clever because, I mean, obviously the f- legs didn't articulate particularly well. So the fact that you could still disguise, um, you know, the monotauntaun was pretty awesome. And I had a cousin come to visit from the Netherlands and she saw how much I was playing with all my Star Wars figures. And when she left, she actually bought me the tauntaun with the open belly. So I had both tauntauns, which means that um, Han and Luke both had their their own Taunton. That was uh, yeah, one of my favorite memories. Yeah, I've only got the one. Okay, blue coat, brown coat. I, I'm oh, a brown coat guy. Oh, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a firefly. <laughs> Everyone knows it's blue. <laughs> Certainly looks blue here to me. Mm. Did you notice when you um, were in the cinema, uh, you know, seeing it the first time that that Chewie was significantly more shaggy than in Star Wars? Yes, because he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that smooth appearance to his head yeah. like the figure did. Mm. He hasn't had time mm. to shave. It's just you know they get haircuts too. 
oh my god, what happened to C-3PO? And it took me a while to realise that wasn't C-3PO, <laughs> the white dude. Did you get a classic me- figure of that guy? Uh, yeah. 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 Yep. Um, well, not a vintage one, but a, a modern one. I think he's been done yeah. twice. General Reekins had a figure. They did one of those mm. um, panels, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it came with that. Ton Far recently, the, the woman who's in here is yeah. like the only other woman apart from Leia, I think, in this movie. So, for those of you wondering, it does not pass the Bechdel test. <laughs> Unsurprising. I Why does he have, like, those little secrets on his lapel? Mm. That's what it so, looks like. You know, his subway card. Vintage clothing. So. Yeah. I always thought that um, Leia got a bit of a raw deal in the, the outfit department. I, I had all the vintage figures, or have all the vintage figures, and, you know, none of the Leia figures really kind of did it for me. They were all pretty, you know, not just the fact that she was kind of female and I was a, you know, a boy, but most of her figures kind of had lame outfits. I don't know. I, I like Hothlayer, though. Hothlayer's one of my favourite looks she's had. Yeah, she was. That and the uh, the Endor one for me. Yeah. With the, the vintage Hothlayer? Ooh. Well, she's yeah. That, old woman. That, that was uh, my Leia, though, uh, which probably played a part because before the Kenner return in 95, like, my only Star Wars figures were ones that I got at garage sales. Um, I used yeah. to pour over garage sale bins to get Star Wars <laughs> figures. So uh, I remember getting, I f- believe it was a, I, I need to track it down to find it because I think it's actually a Return of the Jedi Han that had the Endor cloak and this yeah, off layer yeah. uh, in the same, but he didn't have his Endor cloak on uh, anymore because that was a material, wasn't mm. it? You could remove that. It was yeah, just a Han yeah. underneath. So I think it was that because the head looks different from the first film vintage but he only had the basic vest yeah yeah i just looking at the different outfits on you know han and luke etc etc and i mean i had all the figures and as a kid and i guess even today chewie's always been uh, a favorite and he had a pretty raw deal in terms of action figures i just you know, he didn't have multiple action figures with multiple outfits. And I can remember whenever I used to sort of get new figures and, you know, I'd get the crew together and poor old um, Chewie would have a, a hell of a time standing up because he was just, he's, he was so floppy in the joints that, um, you know, and it didn't occur to me back then that, you know, you could actually buy another one. Uh, it's yeah, like, Va- Vader, had Vader, guy. Vader's the same way. Yeah, mm. yeah that's right. It's like they need to have a different version where they, like, I don't know, had sunglasses on or something in one movie for five seconds, I could do that. Yeah. Mm. Underwater Chewy in a wetsuit. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Scuba how does, <laughs> does 2-1-B kneel? <laughs> uh, slowly. Yeah, I... Um... I remember, you know, obviously the the Wampa scenes stood out, uh, you know, when you're a kid, monsters and the like, and it was pretty exciting to finally get my hands on a Wampa action figure. And I can remember, uh, you know, I'd sort of save up my pocket money, and then what would actually happen is when I was at school, my mum would actually buy the figure and she'd have it for me when I got home. And I can remember getting home, and it's like, oh, my, I finally got a Wampa. This is going to be the greatest. And then I got this figure out, and I'm like, "What, what, what, what is this thing? It looks like a cat. It looks like a cute cat. It's like this is just. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was nothing monstery about this thing at all. It's uh, like a teddy bear with horns. So the Wampa's yeah. giving me uh, FOMO at the moment because as much as 
I'm fairly close to being complete with the Black Series. Two of the biggest things that I've missed were the two Hoth sets of Luke and Han with the Tauntaun oh, and the Wampa. Yeah, yeah. And it's something yeah, that yeah. I just always keep meaning to go back and grab. And they're sort of not overly expensive, but not cheap either mm. enough to pick mm. up. And now actually sitting here watching this is like, oh, I, I really do need to go back <laughs> and get them sooner yeah. than later. Now, who hasn't well, tried this when the TV remote is on the other <laughs> side of the room? <laughs> it, it weirdly, I actually think of that more with more rats than this film. Uh, whenever I see someone trying to do. So I probably shouldn't say, Eddie, then, that the, the Star Wars black one is actually fantastic. Like, it's a, a beautiful figure, really, really well executed, and a, a huge improvement on the, the teddy bear of the original. Uh, thank you. <laughs> and you probably need two yeah. of the Taunton packs because, yeah. you know, you want Luke to get around on his own. I'll send, I'll send him my address so you can... Well, they are, but, you know, most people can't tell, you know, one model Taunton from another. Racist. <laughs> <laughs> Monstrous. Yeah. Droids out no. in the freezing cold. Yeah, that's clever. I, I should probably say, too, this was the first Star Wars film I watched... Um, I, I, I didn't get to see these in the movie theatres. I was uh, a young kid in the early 90s, and uh, my cousin actually like told me around the campfire sort of the basic story of Star Wars. Oh, uh, really? Early on, wow. And then we were staying somewhere, and this was on the TV, so I was watching it from the end of like a motel bed. Mm. And as far as I mm. knew that this was Star Wars, there wasn't any other films before or after and it was just um <laughs> I taped it uh and I remember I was watching it again later on and my dad sort of said to me like, "Oh, you don't know who Obi-Wan is, do you?" And I was like, "What do you mean? There's like more of him in?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, there's all these other movies of it." But yeah, this this was my mm. Hoth was my first Star Wars planet. We just saw a uh, the reason we had multiple R2s, the R2-D2 now with sensor scope, so you yep. could buy that mm. one figure that had the little pop-up thing. Yeah. yeah, suck you in. It was like getting the uh, the 3PO just so that uh, it comes apart. Mm. Well, you're spoiling it now. Yeah, I know, yeah. Uh, Do you think they considered sending Han out on, in like a snowspeeder instead of on a Tauntaun? They they weren't ready yet. They were still adapting them for the cold. The snow speeder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like five minutes later, Cliff. Yeah. <laughs> and that's one of his most uh, controversial lines, isn't it, about the hell thing? Because it's like, oh, is that Judeo-Christian? Oh, yeah. Nice. There, there's a lot of back and forth and retconning of that line and what he's actually saying there. <laughs> Sad. Finally, I stopped working on the ship. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of surprised they would have the big doors open like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even when you go down to your local mechanic, they have the huge roller door and then that little door on the side. You know, just yeah. even have to open the big door. But then I guess the corridors are made out of ice, so it's not great wherever you go in that place. Mm. It's supposed to be cold. Yeah. Or freezing in here. Nobody rocks the brown cloak like Obi-Wan. 
Man, all I remember with my vintage figures was that anyone that had a vinyl cape, it ripped at the armpits. So yeah. they just ne- never lasted. Everyone's vinyl capes just eventually ripped through where the armholes were, and I'd have to, like, stick them down. And also my um, my Tauntons, where the, the reins came around, where you'd hold them with your hand. Mm. For some reason, mine always, like, deteriorated to the point where they snapped. So I think both of mine, which I've still got today, have um, tape <laughs> around them holding the reins together. It's actually a great yeah, idea for some too. cosplay is maybe getting like a big sheet of vinyl and just cutting out those circles somebody with a line. Did as that a... last year, yeah. <laughs> I saw somebody did that at um, Comic-Con, I think, uh, this year. That's a probably so a good idea. make a Tauntaun costume and hide inside it, <laughs> like in the belly of it. Well, there's a sleeping bag that they did back for, it was like an April Fool's thing a couple of years ago, but it was so popular they ended up making it. Mm. <laughs> so are Tauntons not snow creatures? Like, did they? Yeah. This is where you're getting into like whole Wikipedia articles where, like, some stories they talk about them being introduced by rebels to Hoth, and then other stories they're native to Hoth, and it just there's there's yeah a lot of conflicting canon on Tauntons. I'm never they died out fairly fast. Mm. I, I suspect uh, it's yeah. just that it's been overworked, right? Mm. <laughs> like the same as if you ride a horse in its ideal um, temperature conditions for too long, it'll die. Yeah. Mm. Gosh, I love the snow speeders. Like the snow speeders, that's probably my. Oh, it'd have to be my number one want now for the Star Wars Black Line. I, I'm hoping that the snow speeder still just kind of fits into that you know is is possible given that we've got a giant tie fighter which are on sale everywhere which probably doesn't help yeah <laughs> but they're, they're I would, small uh, enough they might be able to get away with it sort of taking yeah. up less shelf space and maybe oh, i loved it as a kid and uh you know, a lot of the kids uh, i went to school with collected star wars figures we were all into them and used to bring them to school and there was only one kid that had a snow speeder and i just i coveted that thing at, at recess and lunch and just wanted the opportunity to play with it and i never actually ended up getting one even sort of years later when i you know could go and buy my own i just i did i got uh, a lego one for me oh. it was uh the video game shadows of the empire though where the first stage you got to fly the yeah. snow speeder around the adats and still one of the greatest levels of star wars video games yeah i think I we never got that that was great uh, the rest of the game was so so but that opening level where you played the hoff battle was just at the time it was amazing mm-hmm. i'm glad we never got an action figure of like luke and his jocks Oh, no, you did. Uh, in the back to tank? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> His big diaper. <laughs> Giant diaper. Yeah. Yes. It was around. It was like that in between episode one, episode two. Power of the. Not Power of the Force? Power of the Jedi? Mm, yeah. And, yeah. And it was like. It was the, one of those big deluxe figures. Yeah. It was in there with the training Darth Maul without his shirt on and. The Anamana Mana Man. Mm. I'm butchering the character's name. Manamana. Manamana. It's nice to know as as far back as 1980 that you could release action figures based on 
characters that had like exactly seven seconds of screen time. Uh, well, that um, uh, the medic droid was my I think it's Lebo, but Dash Rendar's like droid character mm. uh, that he had on mm. the Outrider. I I used him constantly for that. So uh, oh, he's yeah. just kissing. Now, way before the, Game of Thrones yeah. made it cool. Yeah. <laughs> what's the um? What's the little medical droid's name with all the the arms that stick out? You can see his head in the background. FX seven. FX seven. Yeah. He was one that like I, I remember getting the figure of, but I couldn't actually recall because of course I saw the movies in the cinema. So you know you waited twelve months for it to come out. You know on VHS. Um, and, and so I remember getting the figure, but couldn't actually recall where he was from. Like I, I struggled to place him. The original. Zoo I had there. a. I had a, a tops card. So I kind of that kind of shows him, so I knew where he was mm. from. Yeah, those early head-up displays. God, there's there's huge amounts of characters there that deserve their own action figure. Diz, I do wonder if it's where part of Star Wars fandom comes from. Is that you know you were getting all these characters that didn't get mentions or two seconds of screen time, but people fell in love with them because they'll get in the toys and running through. And I do mm. wonder if it's where part of its lasting popularities come from. Mm. See, there's an opportunity for a, a chewy action figure. There's the white face, outdoor, cocaine outdoor, face, chewy, yeah, yeah. Horse, sniffing coke, <laughs> hair everywhere. Uh, Coca wind, um, wind. Um, <laughs> that that's just going to always interpret the way I see that scene now. That's just always going to be. Say to my little Wind swept chewing. Yes, we did get a figure of him too. So, uh, Eddie, did you take advantage of the recent sales on the? Tie Fighters, Star Wars Black Tie Fighters, and no, stock up another dozen. I I didn't, but I did help a uh, friend of mine's wife, and this friend's just started collecting Star Wars Black, and she said, "Oh, he's got a birthday coming up. Um, here's a photo of what he has. What uh, does he need?" And I was like, "Oh, well, you know, for you know, I think it's like eighty dollars. You could get from the Toys R Us website." the TIE fighter shipped uh, and uh, you know it's it's was originally re- released around four hundred dollars here so um, you know it's it's quite an impressive gift for a little bit of money <laughs> and she's like okay that's great thanks and then <laughs> about a week later I get a message from her saying what the F have they sent me this thing's massive <laughs> I, I can't hide it anywhere at the house I've had to send it to my mother-in-law's till the birthday I don't know like, I'm going to have to buy a new roll of wrapping paper just to <laughs> tighten this thing up like, what, what is this thing and it's like oh he'll love it that's that's don't park your car yep. in the garage for the next week <laughs> yeah um, but they did actually stick up an, a very nice photo because his son had the three and three quarter version of the TIE fighter so uh, him mm. and his son took a photo of them both playing with their TIE fighters at different scales and it, it really was a cute photo Sweet. and just uh, stepping back it turns out an Imperial Star Destroyer is 5,250 feet long or 1.6 kilometres 
Give or take so divide that radio. by 12 and it would be <laughs> <laughs> yeah. ginormous. Uh-huh. I like the snow speeder suits that it's just basically one of those rings that you wear on a plane to protect your neck when you fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. What's this Nintendo robot that Han's got driving behind him here? That's actually in Star Wars. Shows yeah. up on Tatooine, yeah. There's one of those came with uh Ampere figure. Oh. Mm. Yeah, nothing uh, like a bit of repurpose. So they're pretty good outfits. Yeah. Hasbro could make a lot of money from a playset by just having like a white piece of plastic that they just like blow some bubbles in and then just yeah. say that's whole landscape. I I used yeah. to make my own my own out of styrofoam and just cut up uh, styrofoam blocks and mm. you know sort of cut up into the cups and do the little zigzag lines for icicles coming down and make little caves and things and uh, some of them mm. were pretty good mm. if I do say so myself. <laughs> well, I, mean, I had the the rebel playset as I mentioned that had the turret etc. But a friend of mine had the imperial one which i thought was pretty cool as well so we'd uh, you know pull all our stuff together and set up our little battles and i'd give him my uh, my snow troopers and he'd give me his you know rebel hoth figures you know the the cool thing about that is that i used to take the one wall off and it was like a land speeder repair station because the land the vintage land speeder fits right in that that ah. area where the little hut is on it yep yep it was quite clever. I think at the time I didn't even realise that it had come out until he said, look what I got. Because, of course, back then, you know, I don't even remember Star Wars toys being advertised on TV. Um, most of the information we got was when you'd just walk into a, a toy shop and there'd be a whole bunch of new stuff and you'd have a look at the cards on the back and that was the only way you'd actually know what else was available. Now, I, I'm too young to know this, but was this how meetings were held in the 1970s where people stand around in a circle and the person in the middle does the speech around? Because it feels like <laughs> Planet of the Apes and Star Wars, this is how big meetings how are sporting held. Sporting teams yeah. do it, don't they? The coach yeah. stands in the middle and breaks everyone. We, we may yeah. still do it at work. Mm. We do it around walls. Now, that backpack that the, the Rebel... Um, guys are wearing. They're, are they the ones that... Did they come in the um, the mail away? Yes. You yeah. got two of those and a um, Yoda backpack. They also yes. came with some of the vintage AT-ATs um, mm. had, had that same accessory pack in them. Because I, I remember sending away for that um, mail away pack and yeah, you got the, the Yoda backpack and the little grappling hook thingy. Yep. You got the... Um, you got the Hoth backpack. You got the the Minoc oxygen mask thingy. Yeah, I actually had two of those accessory packs. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so I still have the cards today, and most of them have little holes cut out of them. Mm. Do I ever make a toy of the transport ship that looks like a cuttlefish? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. It was kind of a storage case. More is yeah. kind of how they made it. Yeah. I don't yeah. have one of those actually, but um, yeah, yes, it, that's, it, that's it's what kind it was of reminded odd, me of. It's a very odd, odd toy. They did oh. the ion cannon too, didn't they? Yeah. Um, 
the ion cannon's interesting because they did it as part of the micro line. Mm-hmm. So they had those Hoth world and Bespin world playsets and Death Star world yeah, where they came yeah. with the little metal figures. Um, those always intrigued me. I don't have any of them and I didn't have any of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were cool because you could get those bigger set pieces. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, gosh. I need a land speeder. Now, oh. the, the Adder has to be one of the most classic toys of all time. I think they're phenomenal, but from a, a, a oh. physics point of view, they have to be one of the dumbest ideas ever. Like, yeah, the who, big, who thought that, yeah. The big roller tank in, in the prequels was probably actually a better well, yeah. idea. You know? Especially with like the eight wheels that allow you to just navigate all sorts of terrain. Or the, the six-legged walker. Yeah. yeah. It just seemed pointless when you've got the ability to to have something that basically flies anyway. Why don't you just stick with that? Yeah, this was um this was the scene that that just had me absolutely blown away as a kid. I I saw Star Wars at the drive-in, and then I can remember lots of talk about Empire Strikes Back being just around the corner, and uh, <laughs> uh they're sorry distracted about uh, yeah at the wall. The wall. But, um, yeah, I remember seeing the trailer for Empire for the very first time, and it was that scene with the AT-ATs firing that just had me going, oh, my God, this is going to be the greatest movie ever. Like, those things are just awesome. Now they got gorilla-shaped ones, looks like, in the next one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gorilla arms. Uh, I'm sure gorillas were popular around that time. Dax dead. Spoilers. A little, um... Uh, He's be credited um, uh, at the end of the film as D A K instead of D A C K or something. <laughs> the little uh, radar dish cannon—that's kind of cool. I didn't have one of those as a kid. They were great, weren't they? And it would have been um, phenomenal for army building. Did they come with um, the paper ad at playset, the cardboard one? Did they have one of those in that? Uh, I thought they were a separate unit, much like the. Um, uh, the mobile oh, laser yeah. cannon and that weird little roller, you yeah. know, the thing that the snowtroopers used to get around in, the little steamroller thing. I have one of those. Yes. I love it. <laughs> and he used to sit there pressing it down and slowly letting it come back up and wondering why it did that. Like why, yeah. why could you push down and extend the wheels out? Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, back in the day, Eddie, the, the first couple of movies, they had uh, two cardboard playsets that were basically an ad at. It was maybe about 12 inches high. And uh, then the the sea and crawler from Star Wars. Nice. But I think yeah. that playset came with one of those cannons too, like a smaller version of it. Are those mm. ones kind of more expensive now? Because I imagine they probably yeah. kept up le- less than... You, you see the bases, and I think the base is actually the same base, just molded in a different color. Because you also had the mobile missile command in G.I. Joe, I remember. Yep. It was like another one of that. Yeah. You can find scans of them um, every once in a while where you, you know, if you want to download it and you can print it out yourself, you can find a base. I used to do a lot of stuff. Like my dad used to work for a literally, it sounds like The Simpsons, but a cardboard box factory. Um, (laughs) And so used to be able to get a whole bunch of things and um, cut them up and reshape and. So this means that 
Eddie is the Millhouse of the podcast, and somehow that just <laughs> no, that just no, makes right? sense to me. <laughs> His dad worked in a cracker factory. <laughs> That's two different. <laughs> you know, I think I would have worked out fairly quickly that my uh, my guns were ineffectual against the AT-ATs, and then I kind of would have taken off. Now you know the, the ATST. I think you know that that's the sum total of its appearance, and you kind yeah. of wonder why they actually bothered to do it. Like, why go through all the effort to design like, it? And you gotta the wonder if they. Um, Jedi, though. Yeah, you gotta wonder oh, if yeah, they knew yeah, it was yeah. coming, and that's why they did it because it looks quite a bit different here. But it's it's there and it's suddenly gone and like you just and and as a kid I remember watching this in the cinema and going what the hell was that that was like a two legged one what was that and there was no more questions because you never saw it again well it was oh, like designed to be the scout I think yeah I mean, maybe oh, true. it just, yeah, it yeah. just maybe the stop motion didn't work as well so yeah, it got yeah. cut early on and got got to give a shout out here to uh, Lamar the Revenger because. Uh... You know, him and his love of fat-out drivers. I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't do that. <laughs> you know, there was actually a um, a model playset of this Hoth battle that I had. And it was like a big, uh, kind of what you were saying about a base that was just, you know, vacuum-formed. And it had a bunch of little mm. rebel troopers that were maybe quarter-inch high, maybe. Maybe like three-sixteenths. Um, yeah. and, and then it had two upright walkers and then a crashed one and the trench and the oh, um, i remember seeing the ads for those yeah oh k3po didn't do yeah. so well there i got no, lucky so um christmas 95 96 maybe i got two of the power of the fourth orange card hoth hounds so because that line wasn't really that expansive then they became my sort of rebel troopers and these hoth trooper guys mm. Because he also came with sort of the big machine gun type uh, blaster as well, so they seem to suit well for. I remember. Uh, Here's the thing, though. Yeah. Well, we're saying about shooting doesn't work on ATATs or ATATs, but um, they brought one down and they just shot it in the head and it blew up. So why aren't they just shooting all of them in the head? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've often wondered why its armor suddenly. Yeah. Uh, Became less, you know, effectual, yeah. and when it, you know, hit the ground, I don't know, maybe it compromised something. Did he know what he was throwing that into, or it was just random? It's the bathroom. The scout. You've seen Robot Chicken, yeah? It's, it's the bathroom he's chucking that into. <laughs> this is where my love of army building started. He just passed away, didn't he? Did he? I thought, uh, is, yeah, isn't he? He's the fellow from Lord of the Rings. Um, not Lord of the Rings. Um, in, in uh, uh, Game Game he, of Thrones. Oh yes, I think he did. God, God that was teaching Sam up at the wall. Um, maybe. Oh, that's where the Wampas are. You think the Wampers would be smart enough to just like do a runner? It's like I'm out of here. 
Uh, let these fools fight amongst themselves, and I'll just come along and eat the leftovers. They're actually a hidden thing in the uh, Shadows of the Empire game, and they're scary as all hell. They're one of those <laughs> video game things where uh, they're sort of a secret. You kind of got to shoot the wall to get in and find them, and then it's kind of this runaway. Like you got to be a very <laughs> skilled player to take them. What down. the hell have I done to myself? Yeah, run away, run away. Yeah, there's bad snowtroopers. Woohoo! Now, I have, have no idea have, what. Have a look at their sack. their half skirt things and tell me if they look like scrotums, like the current Black Series. No, because they don't. Don't don't be bagging them out. I love the Snowtrooper. I'm bagging out the Snowtrooper just their Black Series representation. <laughs> that them That's here okay, on yeah. screen that does not look like a scrotum to me, whereas <laughs> the figure does. <laughs> so what? Do- just their like little fanny pack thing. Uh, it's their like little t- sort of suit tails, um, okay. h- half skirt that they have at the back there on the toy. It's just this really horrible flesh color with this real horrid pattern on it that just it, it looks, looks like a scrotum. Yep, looks like the close-up shot of balls from Arrested Development. But... <laughs> <laughs> Now yeah, the, those that's some designs of the, just don't look practical at all. The the vintage that's probably some of the few vinyl things I have left intact. Or the hey. snow oh, skirts. Cool. Yeah, no, they don't I could never get mine to stay on. Like those little that little vinyl skirt. Now you just like hook it on the side on their hips. Yeah. I could never get mine to stay on. As soon as I started playing with them, that would just come off and it'd tear over time. That um. That that tripod blaster, when they do that for Star Wars Black eventually, that that's just going to send me broke. <laughs> Maybe that's my excuse for buying, like, buying like, up all the snowtroopers now. Like, <clears throat> wouldn't a strategy be just sort of staying in orbit and circling around to the other side of the planet and then taking off from there away from the Star Destroyers? <laughs> well, we <laughs> assume they had them on all the sides. Yeah. And this when one, sh- the, and they're firing the ion cannon, or they were. So, the idea was probably, hey, you can get some protection on this side of the planet. When the uh, the shield generator goes down, wouldn't you just like nuke them from orbit? <laughs> That's the only way to be sure. Yeah. I must admit, the company that makes the X-Wing, they don't finish anything particularly well. It's just like wires and hoses and shit hanging everywhere. Well, that may just be the way the Rebels take care of them. Well, it could be, adapting them for, you know, icy conditions. I feel it's mm. more like a design style because it seems to be all ships in this period have this sort of look going for them. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Might just be it costs a lot to finish a product nicely, and yeah. you know we can't all be Apple. I thought those star destroyers <laughs> were going to hit each other. Yeah. I think there's some pretty poor piloting on uh, those star destroyers to come that close, just because a couple <laughs> were chasing a ship. Yeah. Yeah. Be yeah, like a big battleship chasing a dinghy throughout the. the mm. Just kind of. Did they ever release the the Falcon cockpit for Hot Toys? Remember we saw that a few years ago at San Diego, and they showed the um, 
the one six scale TIE fighter that never got yeah, released. I, I don't think they did. No, I'm pretty sure they came out and said that was just a display piece. Oh, okay. Because I thought they, the TIE fighter was. They had like a whole Falcon. I know they definitely said this is just a display piece. You're not getting mm. it. But yeah, I, th- I thought the cockpit they were. Um, may- maybe it was one of those ones like if there's enough interest, we'll do it. Or Yeah, yeah. Like, that's something I'd so, like them uh, to do for Black Series is the Falcon cockpit. Like, we'd probably never yeah. get a, the whole Falcon, but the cockpit could be a good... Well, I think the Falcon is 30 metres long, so... You know, you if know. that panel is that big, why does he need smuggling compartments? <laughs> <laughs> More importantly, is like, where's the yellow and black lines to tell people there's a trip hazard there? Yeah. That's right. It's the same as the um, Romulan spaceship in the Star, the reboot Star Trek movie. Yeah. Mm. Well, even in this, there's so, no the railings just weren't invented this long time ago. That, yeah. that that was the yeah. big change in technology. Mesh just wasn't a thing. Yeah. So, Adam, are you going to be lining up to get the the new Millennium Falcon from Lego? You know, the uh, gigantic one. That's the most number of uh, pieces ever released. It's it's already come and gone. If you don't yeah. have it now, it's. Uh, I'm that... pretty sure I've seen it in store recently in my overseas journeys, but I can't remember. I think it was thirteen hundred Australian. Yeah, and it sold out like right away. They were. Um, hmm. It didn't even get to. I was talking to, there's a guy at work who's a big Lego collector, and he was saying, like, it just went to, like, uh, Lego club people here in Australia. They that did was the, the first offering. Yeah, yeah, they did the pre-order yeah. with them first, and they completely sold their stock out there. It never even went through for uh, general sale. Oh, at least, you know, you can pick it up off eBay for three grand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the bitches. Well, if you're a Pog collector at the moment, it's the only spot you can get Lego Pog, so it'll be... Mm. It'd be kind of half funny, half cruel if they just never release Pogs in any other form and just... <laughs> that's, that's it. How was he pointing at that little tiny cave? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, are you going to pick up some of those Porg uh, two-packs? Oh, I'm an... Uh, I, I just brought something from Robot Kingdom today. I should have chucked them in on the same order. Uh, <laughs> What's a bet they actually turn out to be really awesome and everybody loves them and they don't become the next kind of hate thing a la Jar Jar and Ewoks? Yeah. I think good. I, I, I'm on the pro-Porg side. <laughs> what if it turns out that they just eat them? Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Space chicken. Like they just food. Yeah. Yeah, Han Solo never let him have them on the Millennium Falcon, but now that he's gone, it's like, man, I can keep my lunch here. <laughs> yeah. Now, the vintage Dagobah playset was something I remember because my cousin had it and I was playing with it one day. And that's where he uh, decided to tell me the story of it and that sort of campfire one. And I remember he, he had it fairly good condition. Like, it had the foam pieces. So I remember playing with them a lot, sliding I, uh, mm. figures I, up and down. 
I pulled mine out of a box about a year ago. I hadn't seen it. And um, my phone was completely gone. Mm. Like, like not like hanging in bits. It's just gone. Mm. Yeah. 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 This is like the big playset movie, too. Because you've got, what, Two Hoth, Dagobah, um, the Star Destroyer. Yeah. You really, you really had the Millennium Falcon out there. But oddly, yeah. didn't get a Bespin playset. Hmm. Plenty of ships, too. I remember kids had the... Oh, yeah, you had the AT-AT, uh, Snowspeeder. Cloud City, Twin Pod Cloud Car. For me, my Bespin playsets were any ceiling fan anywhere. <laughs> Try anything up high. Yeah. <laughs> The main thing I remember about the Dagobah playset was um, how plain it was. Like, every piece of plastic was moulded in one colour. There was no absolutely no weathering of any kind on it. Yeah, but when you look at the base, the base actually has quite a bit of detail on it. Mm. It's got some, like, little sculpted-in bugs and stuff, and it's it's kind of neat for its time. Yeah, it's a shame they didn't weather it a bit better to bring out that detail. It always reminded me, because it was around the same time, we had this um, completely unrelated um, Smurfs garden thing that you tip water on and flowers grew. And it, mm. it always reminds me of the of that thing whenever I see the, the actual Dagobah set. Mm. This is actually quite an epic set um, when you think about it. It seems to go back a fair way. And, yeah, it also was actually, like, up, a level because they needed room for Frank Oz to be walking around underneath with a puppet. So mm. it's not mm. only deep, but it was actually an elevated set, which is extra hard to. Did we ever get a mud covered R2? Uh, Several. I'm sure we did. Several. <laughs> he even got the, have- the creature thing that ate him in one of the X wing. Uh, Boxes, I remember. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. I think this Vader chamber's been done multiple times, too. Ah. It's the coolest office. Yeah. Mm. I remember that being a really big deal when I was a kid when we saw Vader with his helmet off. It was mm. the first time we got any real insight into you know what was going on under the armour. I don't understand why he's still so bruised up. It's like, you know... Because he keeps picking at it. Plus later. He's, just, he's uh, just a picker. He keeps... <laughs> he just yeah. won't leave it alone. <laughs> Stop picking at it. It'll leave scars. Now, this Minoc thing that's coming up, is that the scariest moment in all of Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> Natalie Portman trying to act. <laughs> wow, that's kind of harsh. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big Portman fan, so I'll, I'll pay that. Yeah. <laughs> I love the gas masks that came in the mail away so much that I just used to find, you know, multiple excuses to have the figures wearing them. Like, like every adventure, the toy. Oh, that's it. Yeah, every adventure they went on, they needed to like take gas masks. That was actually a neat little thing. They used to fit over the figures quite well. Yeah, they were adjustable, yeah. Hmm. Still not great for the vacuum of space, though, to be... Well, I don't imagine so. 
not even the vacuum of space, but just alien planets, just because you're not breathing doesn't mean it's not going to affect your eyes and all sorts of stuff. So what they do is, yeah. Have they done a Dago by Luke with all his accessory gear? We've gotten most of the gear in the modern line. Um, Have we got his shortbread cookies? His what? <laughs> the little shortbread cookies that he has. I was obsessed uh, actually, with them as a kid. I don't know. I just used to eat shortbread cookies imagining they were Star Wars food. One of them came <laughs> with a meal tray, so I'll, I will say yeah. yes. Yeah. I know the lamps have been done and the crates have been mm. done. Maybe not that snake. No, you've, well, maybe not that one exactly, but there were lots of snake uh, pieces that have come with Yoda. And I think the, that Dagobah set had one molded in a tree trunk. Yeah. yeah. When when he's walking into that scene, he's actually got all his stuff in the Yoda backpack. Mm. In fact, are the mm. snakes the only real animals in... Oh no, there's some stuff flying in the background too. Yeah. I think the um, Jabba's snacks were real, weren't they? Nah, actual frogs. Mm. Oh. At least when you see them sort of getting around in there. Mm. Don't, obviously when he takes them out, they're probably not. Okay, bad lip reading has ruined all this for me. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't quite understand how, you know, in the, in the, the prequels... You know, Yoda's such a badass, and now he's become the crazy old man. Yeah. I think it was the Star Wars Wait. Minute podcast I was talking about. It would have been great if this was how Anakin met uh, Yoda, was him like waiting to go to the council, and Yoda came through and <laughs> did this thing again. Because it was a great introduction, but now you've seen three films with him, this section just seems out of nowhere. Like, it'd yeah. be great if you just did this with all potential students or something. Yeah. I mean, he has been kicking around on this place for 20 years, so... Mm. This is He's actually my favourite fun. Yoda, is senile, like, cranky Yoda. <laughs> Why does he hate R2 so much? The backstory, because he knows things. R2's... Yeah. Look, he, he could solve a lot of issues if he just told people the truth of what's going on. Yeah. Anakin made your buddy. Yeah. That lamp's been done, too. Came with one of the Yodas. <laughs> yeah. Good grief. It's not a great lamp, though. Of... I don't know why the fuss is... <laughs> Must be one of the first accessories that gets lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bad lip reading again. <laughs> like how R2's got his, like, functioning, you know, his little robotic hand and that, but, you know, where's, where's yeah. the jetpack to just get around easy? We've also got Yoda shocked that he's after a Jedi Master, yet he's got a lightsaber on his belt that whole time. He's standing there at them. Yeah. Where's his bright orange snake? My Yoda had a bright orange snake. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's that's a different rating it. cut. He's got it under his robes, all right? That yeah. figure was impossible <laughs> to find. Because he kind of came out in a single wave. Like, he was like a... A revision case or something. Yeah, I've heard mm-hmm. that from the movie, a few when, people. Yeah. yeah. That's keeping him secret? Or? Yeah. When the movie came out, they didn't want to kind of reveal a whole lot about him, so they they uh, didn't bring him out right away. But then didn't the toy ad spoil it for it? I, I don't know that it came out 
until the figure came out. Okay. I just remember thinking I wasn't getting a lot of bang for my buck. <laughs> I don't know. He had a he had a belt. He had a snake. He had a cane. He had that mm-hmm. little jacket. Yeah, but you know. See, my one on the orange uh, Power of the Force cards came with like a big blue backpack to put him in that seemed cool until you actually put it on a Luke and it just looked massively oversized. And you know when you see and those yes. like little year ones heading off to school with the adult-sized backpacks? <laughs> it's just sort of a hat and two legs and a backpack walking off to... Hey, that's that's one. one of my seven-year-olds <laughs> even now. Yeah. What does that thing do? Yeah. It's like that room in Galaxy Quest. Yeah. The coffee press. <laughs> I'm making my own orange juice, damn it. I'm going to put a whole bunch of LEDs in that don't represent anything because there's, there's no kind of identifying information next to them. One of them indicates that the crapper is backed up, but I don't know which one. <laughs> you just need to read the manual, okay? <laughs> it's probably long gone. Yeah, Lando's like, oh, well, you won the ship, but you didn't win the manual. <laughs> yeah. That would explain a lot, actually. <laughs> they just look it up on the internet. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Download the PDF or something. <laughs> it kind of bothers me that, like, in Marvel... Ultron decided he needed a, a lady robot, but no one ever went and made like a lady robot for 3PO. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he he doesn't want a lady robot. Maybe he likes uh, Astromex. He's a astrosexual. Mm. Oh, uh, were pretty bad holograms. It's like the, the, like the Wi-Fi just isn't that good. Mm. <laughs> well, those guys were in an asteroid field, so. Yeah, no, true. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's probably iron in the asteroids and mm. blocking the signal. Mm-hmm. And even to send signals that far, because uh, sometimes they're like cross solar systems. Uh, it's who the hell is this dude? It's like Vader's boss. This was last day Vader's of boss. Uh, Revenge of the Sith shooting. Apparently, they pulled Ian aside and. Uh, shot this in, like, a closet somewhere. Mm. Yes. It's a little better than the monkey version. Yeah, <laughs> I've never a big fan of the monkey version. Um, my Clash of the Titans Charon stood in for him for a long time to wake him <laughs> out with an actual one. My uh, friend growing up actually had an Emperor figure, and I, I for years, just thought it was a Voltron figure because Voltron sort of had some similar looking characters mm-hmm. and it wasn't until oh yeah yeah he was another mail away the cloth goods i just remember when they introduced the cloth goods and got away from the vinyl and i saw that was brilliant what do you think he's looking at because he's sort of looking down and knowing he's this big hologram head but he must be like in his room somewhere just like looking <laughs> down the waste paper bin or something He's, he's, he's in the bathroom. Yeah. He's in the bathroom. 
this was actually another model kit they did. That's actually a pretty cool one. Um, because mm. R2's like three, four inches tall, and, or probably maybe even a little taller than that, peeking in the window. And you can pull the cap off of it like a pot. And then mm-hmm. Luke and Yoder inside. I do love the set design that it actually is tiny. Like yeah. he is in hiding and never intended to have anyone or. I assume he built this himself. Yeah. So that I'll... pot's been made as an accessory. In case you're wondering. That pot has. Hmm. Yeah, Fair that enough. pot has. Well, they actually did a um, a hut for the uh, sideshow. Did a one six scale accessory. Mm. Which I mean, if you're a one six scale collector, it must be complete and utter misery that you you know you don't get uh, you know banthers and tauntons. Well, I mean, we've had a couple of tauntons, but you certainly don't get anything bigger than that. Oh. No playsets, no vehicles. What do we had? Speeder bike. Yeah. The thing that Jabber rides around on his little dialeth or whatever it is. <laughs> Jeez, that's a bit of a raw deal. Is that technically a vehicle? You... It does move. Mm. Uh, Sideshow mm. did uh, the Jewback. Mm, that's what I was about to say. Was that? Sideshow, was that just the black? Mm. Did Kenner do a do I know they didn't they do a mm. 12 inch Bantha when they were doing 12 inch figures? Yeah, I, I think they did do a Bantha actually now that, yeah. I know they did Tauntauns, but. Gosh. Just a giant um, fluffy toy. Maybe it's the one they had in the uh, Star Wars Holiday special. Mm. When the mm. Stormtrooper rips its head off. Yeah, I haven't seen that since it aired, so I've only uh, watched I, the Boba the Boba Fett part. I've seen it um, twice since it. Um, I tried, and I only made it about ten minutes. I was like, I'm done. It's the one <laughs> thing that really annoys me. If you've ever seen that film, Fanboys, that's about a guy who gets cancer in '99, and his friends uh, and him go on a road trip to try and break into Lucasfilm to steal a copy of The Phantom Menace mm. so uh, yeah. he could see it early but there's a scene in that where they're sitting and they have all that Star Wars stuff behind them and one of them's an episode 2 uh, like era Luke on the Tonton 12 inch and it's in sort of that mm. blue saga packaging and it's that one piece that's like ah oh, they, they did so well actually getting things kind of accurate in this movie that's that's a big miss. Mm. Uh, this Yoda is probably the one that looks most like the figure. Yeah. With the cane and the belt and everything. Yeah, yeah. And the orange snake. He was right, though. Luke now, apparently, by the trailer, seems afraid. He called it. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag all planned from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's that Monarchos freak. That scared the heck out of me as a kid. <laughs> so we've had Monarch action figures? Yeah. Yes. I think there was like a three-pack. Yep, and it yep. was hard to find. Oh, I see. That, that might be one of those, dude, because that was all over the place down here. That was, you see how they, that was a shelf they grabbed the gas masks 
they just grab the gas masks off the side of you know that panel. Like they need them so often that they're just you know out there like that. Mm. Well, I mean, chewy, chewy slider yeah, beans. Exactly. Hoping that they're so did, charged and refilled. How did they think that they could actually go outside? I, well, I the guess set was out there, and they had a fog machine. Yeah, so. one of the LED <laughs> lights that blinks tells them it's. Just wondering, like you know, they they were in space and they pulled into a hole in an asteroid. And looks like the set for an '80s video, you know, rock mm. video. With all the fog. It is a bit um, cruel and go home just jumping out of the. A spatial dynamic. <laughs> what? What do those things eat when there's not ships in there? Yeah, it's it's a weird evolutionary stomach lining. <laughs> Unless there's some sort of charge to, because you can have worms that have electrical charges to them. Hmm. Did not need to know that, but thanks. <laughs> How many hey. access ramps does the Millennium Falcon have? I thought I just the one. Does that one look really narrow compared to the, the really wide one where two people can walk down at once? They're actually doing pretty good. There's the tunnel to the guns. Mm. Yeah. Have we it's had a, a, a toy of this thing? Well, I know that's coming the, out of a hole. There has been mm. an oven mitt. I know. Yeah, I think Geek did an oven mitt. Yeah. I'm not sure that maybe Matchbox or one of those vehicle little micro machine ones, they didn't do one. I, wonder, yeah. I think even someone, I, maybe Gentle Giant, did like a diorama statue. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, nice work. I can be a backpack while you climb. Gartu <laughs> <laughs> uh, could be back cooking lunch or something, doing you know, something useful. When I went to Disneyland, these Yoda backpacks were all the rage. They must have just come. <laughs> it's like every kid had one. Well, Yoda looks half asleep most of the time. He's probably eating like herbal type remedies and stuff like that, and just um, while he's here. Mm. Mm. You know, to pull back the curtain since I'm listening to this or watching this without sound, it always looks like, like Yoda keeps smelling Luke farting or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got that whole creepy pedo thing, you know, he's like clinging on and whispering in his ear. And... Yeah. He's hey, probably like, this. do you want to pass it? Like, <laughs> just, um, also, uh, <laughs> Here, let me wipe my nose on your back. What do you think happened to Yoda's like shuttle pod thingy, skate pod? 
he, he's actually got, take it with him. He's actually got yeah. a nicer house built like behind his house. He just doesn't oh, show yeah. it to Luke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, he's got the big screen and everything in there. He's... <laughs> These council rooms with all the vacant chairs. This scene just confused me enormously as a kid. I had no idea what was going on. I I still, to this day, don't think I quite understand what he thinks he sees and does he actually see. The, um... Around that similar time between episode one and, uh... Episode 2, that Power of the Jedi line, they did do a good action figure of this Vader that we see with removable head, and then you could unplug the face. That's actually a surprisingly good figure. Mm. It actually shows up quite a bit. I think there's two of those. I think there's a more more recent one as well. Yeah, there Mm. was one sort of to the end of that, when they were sort of putting on, like, they had, like, Trooper... Heads were the back of the cards, I think. Yeah. In that era. Sort of just after the 30th. The Sideshow 1-6 scale Vader, one of them at least, has the um, a a Sideshow exclusive that has the extra head with the the Luke face exposed. So was this also David Prowse? Mm, It would almost have to be, wouldn't it? So, so what's he seeing here? Is, is, is this like some sort of weird peyote that he's eaten in the stew and he's now kind of like losing the plot? Yeah, I don't know, it's but kinda... that's my favorite explanation now. Yeah. <laughs> I always figured it was just some like um, highly concentrated force area. So it was like the force is very high in this little grove thing. And, well, it's, um, and it's, the... it's giving him glimpses of what would happen if about it. It's actually mm. the dark side of the force that's concentrated there, isn't it? Yeah, and they they have been doing something with uh, in the new continuity Marvel comics about uh, these trees that have like strong force sensitivity. Um, so now there's a bit of theory that this is one of those types of trees in there, but it's connected with the dark side than the light. So why doesn't, like, Yoda's got plenty of time on his hands? Why doesn't he, like, burn it to the ground? Because it freaks him out whenever he goes near it. He sees a Mm. sort of Django fet with his head underneath, and he's just like, oh. (laughs) Okay, now. Hey, look, it's. Yeah, this is the toy scene of the. Yeah. I I love these dudes. If you were. Hey, look, it's Zuckus and Fallom, or Fallom and Zuckus. Yeah. I love how Bosk's suit is actually repurposed from an episode of Doctor Who. Yeah, he's a he's a <laughs> Cyberman. No disintegrations. Damn it. And IG eighty eight's head is actually the exhaust port for a um, jet engine. They they really did just get things out of the old room and sort of oh, flip yeah. them upside down and I think that's something that's missing with um the the prequels, everything just felt so new and shiny and created mm. then. Like, it was getting just random pieces of model kits and gluing them together. 
uh, help yeah. make this sort well, of... I mean, they've even talked to people who built stuff like IG-88, and none of them can actually even remember what they really used. Like they go, oh, yeah, the head was, you know, the exhaust vent or something from a Rolls-Royce jet engine. Mm. But they're like, oh, what are the other bits? Oh, I'm not really sure. You know, probably a table leg, and uh, I don't know. I just kind of got paid to build shit. Well, they were saying that um, <laughs> the new Falcon cost a fortune to rebuild because they were trying to be accurate, so they will trying to trace down the things that were originally used where back then they were able to just go into a hardware store and get things whereas now they're after um yeah (laughs) items and to some degree certain (laughs) things caused them trouble because star wars fans knew like oh if you get this type of camera this piece on the inside Mm. is what's used here so that type of camera is now rare because star wars fans are buying it up to get that piece out that one piece yeah Yeah. in hindsight we shouldn't have used the front bumper to an FJ Holden yeah (laughs) why do you think the the bounty hunters have such a fan base like what's you know I mean just look cool they they do look cool and I think there's there's some great variation between them which is what is is quite interesting that that uniqueness to each one I think has been a, a clever design choice but you know in the scheme of things you know they're, they're no sort of no more exciting than say any of the the cantina creatures i guess yeah, but even they even they have their own fandom yeah and mm-hmm. i guess well, at least with the bounty hunters you know they've got a somewhat exciting job and they can uh you know they are off having adventures most likely but I also yeah. think one thing that I really like about these films that I don't think a lot of films really get is that it's this big universe, so there's different looks and designs to the aliens. They don't look like they mm. evolved on the same world where, like, there's a lot of, I feel, particularly recently, sci-fi films where every alien seems to look like it came from the same artistic designer. And I know, like the recent Star Trek, Star Trek Beyond, like, every one of those aliens just looked like a kind of squid creature. <laughs> like, uh, even though they're all meant to be different, they just all sort of had that weird paper Nautilus design to them. Yeah, but don't they explain that in Star Trek? They're all, they all sort of descend from the same... They were seated half, by yeah. somebody, right? Half, half a dozen humanoids. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, I, it's fascinating that even guys like Dengar have a huge fan base. And to me, he just looked like a guy that was injured because he was wrapped in bandages. Like, uh, I, I couldn't quite work out. And and my vintage action figure, I always thought that he just looked fat. So he looked like this fat dude in bandages. Um, and the best part about him is he came with that big-ass gun, which I thought was really cool. But you could never get him to stand. Well, yeah, and it was really awkward to get him to hold the gun because it had the the grip so far forward that, you know, he was kind of holding his gun sideways and uh, it looked quite peculiar. And, of course, Bosk was a nightmare as well with those weird clawed hands. So he couldn't hold his gun unless it was sticking out because he'd hold it in his hand, but then the stock used to have to run on the inside of his forearm. So it was always sort of sticking out to the side. I always imagined, I'm not too sure what, type of gun the vintage one came with but the power of the force one had almost like this bazooka type gun yeah. so I, I always played with him almost like he was the big artillery guy like he had the yeah uh, yeah and uh, forlom slash zuckers he came with that weird little gun that looked like a hacksaw <laughs> he will always be forlom to me <laughs> yeah, same here 
And another mail-away figure. Yes, yes, indeed. They must have been pretty lousy bounty hunters because they all set off in different directions and achieved nothing. Well, they weren't there in Attack of the Clones to learn the trick. Mm. Whereas uh, young New Zealand Boba Fett was. Got him, Doug. Yeah. Look, dead Jedi. (laughs) 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 Uh. Yep. Yep. He's like a Jedi, but not like a real Jedi, like a freaky Jedi. (laughs) (laughs) Piss off, ghost. (laughs) Yeah, piss off. Piss off, force ghost. Have you seen Thor Ragnarok yet, John? No, I'll wait for. Oh mm. man, I, I haven't seen any of the other Thor movies. Oh, this is you don't need to. This is the best one yeah. by far. Mm. It's it's basically Guardians of the Galaxy three more than Thor movie. No, oh. mm. and that I, I don't mean that, yeah. It's in in tonally it's, it's, not. It's Kiwis in space. The movie. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I recently went to a comic convention in Sydney with a, a couple of buddies and there was a Star Wars group there who uh, had the advertising, cosplay and bunches of other things. But they essentially had a, a, a one-to-one scale um, X-Wing there and oh, wow. I was really amazed at the number of people that were just standing around taking photos of this plywood thing that um, wasn't even particularly well weathered. It was, um, it was. I mean, it was good. It was fun to look at. But I was just really annoyed that it took up about six booth spaces that could otherwise have been devoted <laughs> to people selling me crap. <sighs> but at least it was to scale. Yeah. It was. It was very impressive. You know. Okay. What kind of imperial shuttle was that? Let's see. That's Vader's own one. The Executioner, isn't it? No, no, there was a little shuttle going between the two of them. Ah, okay. That's the um, meals delivery. Uh. It was on wheels. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Space Uber Eats. (laughs) (laughs) Probably Elon Musk's. One of those useless LEDs. What are those big brown things? Radar. Yeah. yeah, that'd be a radar. Epcot Center, like that's the kindergarten. Some sort of communication. <laughs> yeah, anytime. That's that's yeah, that's the daycare center for all the working families. <laughs> so anytime you see one of those blow up in Return the Jedi, <laughs> <laughs> it's all your stormtroopers yeah. at uh, daycare. I kind of get like the whole um, the LEDs that aren't explained a bit more in. Uh, um, Star Destroyer or whatever, it makes a little bit more sense because they'd all be like military trains that'd be like, oh yeah, that thing means that, that thing means that, that thing means that, and it's just going to be the same repetition of the same instrument panel over and over again, so they just know what it means basically off pat by instinct, Mm. that thing. But the Falcon is just going to be God knows what it means. Uh, Do you think Anthony Daniels is actually in the suit right now? 
asleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, it's an awful lot of effort to put him in there and then just have him do nothing. I feel like they tortured him, though. He probably... Looks like uh, he's yeah. breathing. Yeah, yeah, he does. His head moves occasionally. So their their whole plan relies on the fact that these Star Destroyers don't have windows that uh, mm. look anywhere apart from out and across into space. Because if yeah. someone looked up, that'd be... Yeah. Don't have parasite detection services. Well, they only have front-facing windows. Yeah. Mm. You always look forward. You never look back. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy sitting in the, the turbo laser battery, you know, that faces to the rear is having a bit of a snooze. Or also, what, ser- what, what are they doing or? on this Star Destroyer that their junk is so huge? Like, why are they going through all these engines so quickly that <laughs> every time they're going into hyperspace, they need a... Mm. Probably from Ford Focuses. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like in- inkjet cartridges. So they're just. <laughs> yeah. Obsolete printers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just sick of buying ink. Yeah, they buy the printer to get the free inkjet cartridge and just throw away the. <laughs> I've never had a Slave One vehicle. Yeah, it's um. I was actually watching recently uh, one of the Lego reveals where those two guys at Lego sit down and and show you all the cool stuff, and they're going through the new Slave One, which is incredibly impressive. Um, and certainly the underside where where the engine ports are is is incredibly detailed, and it was really really awesome. But it still doesn't have what I really want, and that's some interior detailing. So uh-huh. you've got the You've got the cockpit where, you, obviously, you can put boba and there's a, a hole in the back where you can stick um, hand in carbonite. And that's really kind of it. Like, I actually, I want to see some interior of Slave 1 and, and sort of, you know, surely there's got to be some living quarters and stuff like that. You would think so, but considering how big it looks when they walk up in it on Bespin, I don't know. Mm. Mm. Yeah, is it kind of X-Wing kind of thing where, you know, yeah, I, I, going. I sort of took it as, like, closer to the X-Wing, but maybe just, like, that one size up where there might have been, you know, a little bit of cargo space or extra passenger space, but for the most part, yeah. Like an actual out, toilet yeah. with a door? Yeah. Like, as more of a... X-wing where more the best of you can do is kind of lay back. A van compared to a car type thing. Mm-hmm. Speaking of weird vehicles, though, these Cloud City cars just seem... Yeah, they don't make much sense, do they? Like, do you get in and then argue over who's flying it? That's actually one of my favourite of the vintage toys. Well, it was fun because you could actually hold it in between. Like, you could put your hand around the bit in the middle and, you know, fly it around and you weren't covering up the actual pods. And no action features. (laughs) <laughs> the uh, twin pod cloud car pilot was the second figure that I actually ended up with um, doubles of mm. so the, the rebel Hoth guy was the first one I, I had two of and then this guy and then stormtroopers I had two sand people and two Jawas oh and two death squad commanders oh cool and yet we never got to see the death squad that they commanded. 
and two stormtroopers. It was a chooch on the AFB forum that said that's because um, no one lived to tell about it. Mm. <laughs> Why does she still have her jacket on? Cold his face. Yeah. And she's up, at, up in the clouds. No sign of atmosphere. Well, she truly it's belongs cool. there. But she hasn't had a spare change of clothes, I guess, on the Falcon. <laughs> Surely he had to pack some for her, being yeah. a creepy stalker guy that he is. Actually, it would have been cool to see her dressed up in Wakan mm-hmm. Wahan's outfit. B-L-E-D, B-L-E-D. Such a great entrance. <laughs> I was really excited when they finally did a figure of him for the Power of the Force line. He was... I still remember, because this was back in the day before internet or that, you didn't know that, that there was going to mm. be another wave of figures or anything like that and going into the local toy world and was there on the shelf. I was that, just like, that's that's because you couldn't afford to read Toy Fair. <laughs> I, I don't think we were getting Toy Fair back then. We wouldn't have. And then, yeah. I, I, Did it go back that far? First time yeah, I remember yeah. Toy Fair was around sort of 98, 99. And even then it was mm. one of those magazines that was in plastic. So oh, yeah, maybe. I, I heard you telling that story. Yeah. I used to get it every month. I subscribed to it for a while. Mm. It's another one of the, the downsides of being international is... Mm. Uh, you can't subscribe to anything because they work out to be about forty dollars each. Yeah, well, yeah, it was twenty dollars. I remember, which like back then was, you know, that was the price of two or three figures. So mm. it was a hard. No, I, don't, I don't think Lobot is actually referred to as Lobot in the credits. I think he's like Lando's aide or something. Yeah. I always thought he was the Tolkien actor who was like the principal at Marty McFly's high school and in Masters of the <laughs> Universe, but it's not. It's a different guy, but <laughs> So did you ever wonder what those like groovy headphones were? It was like he listened to some like totally fat beats or Yeah, those were bows. <laughs> <laughs> beats by Dr. Ezra. But did you think that they were like some sort of just a, a headset so that, you know, he was communicating and, you know, listening to the various things going on? And, or, or was he some sort of weird cyborg? I think he's a weird cyborg. Yeah. Okay, where's the ladder come from? <laughs> uh, it, it slides in the slide. Yeah. Stored underneath oh, who there. Does, he's got, who he's does got, it? Bring your own ladder. Imagine turning up someone's house yeah. for dinner and like you could, couldn't get down. <laughs> well, you could get down. It's getting back up, but you're like, oh, yeah, that's true. Well, that's <laughs> why it's it. false. Yeah, it was Obi Wan. Obi Wan brought it. It's mm. probably why he landed in the water. It's pretty cool being a Jedi because if you die, you just become a space ghost. Yeah, unless you're Liam Neeson, in which case you're filming Batman Begins. <laughs> I actually love what they've done with uh, Bob Newhart on Big Bang, doing that version of it. 
you know, his character on that show. <laughs> it's kind of cool to see him dressed up like that. I did uh, recently get uh, the Force Ghost for the Black Series Obi-Wan, and he's actually really cool, the way they've sort of done um, yeah. his translucency, and it's got... I've only really ever seen it in kind of Christmas or- ornaments, but the kind of white sparkle paint that they've put over him is actually mm. really nice. Yeah, I'm actually yet to pick mine up. I, I should get one because I think you and I are a bit behind on our Star Wars black discussions. Mm. Do you guys have access to those over there? No. Mm. I did uh, a... Uh, Asian factory provider. Uh, mm. A big, big one. I got a big one through. Got my uh, Amazon exclusives and the Heavy Trooper uh, First Order guy is actually really cool. The amount of accessories he comes with and mm. getting him out. It's actually infuriating just how many exclusives go to big US retailers. Uh, it's just a, an absolute bugbear when it comes to Star mm. Wars Black and... Um, Josie Wales from the AFB forum was kind enough to pop into a GameStop and, and pick me up an R5-D4. Yeah, I have, I've never seen one in a store. Um, uh, was doing like a bit, because I was like, I must be fairly close to having a complete uh, Star Wars Black uh, set. <laughs> and I actually sat down and worked out what I was missing the other day when it was a slow day at work. Uh, and it was about 30 figures, most of which were, mm. like, exclusives of some kind. Uh-huh. Yeah. One, but, yeah. It hasn't even been going that long as a line. Yeah. No. There's no traffic laws at all, is there? People just zip in and around these buildings. No one gives way to anyone else. Yeah, it's like Tokyo. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Getting around like those um, Mario Kart guys on the street. Yeah. yeah. No. I don't know how the law works for those guys. It uh, apparently they um the 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 in pursuit. The what now? They they've actually they're trying to sue them, but they can't catch okay. them. Okay. <laughs> Catch on banana peels. Mm. Every time they think they have them, someone like drops a banana. This scene terrified me as a kid. Well, I couldn't work out why IG-88 was there. And is that Fulham as well, on the side? And I thought the Agnaughts were just hideous to me. Yeah. Horrible little things. Kind of precursors to Gamorrean guards. Mm. I think... uh, He fits them all in one box. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Wikipedia has a really cool article about um, the IG-88 series of um, of assassin droids. This is one of my favorite Leia outfits. Mm. All, of All of them. I don't like the hair. Yeah, she gets a bit of a raw deal, the hair department. But this one doesn't... Um, she let doesn't Chewie sort of... do it. <laughs> This one doesn't lend itself to much articulation. No. Mm. Well, he has combed his hair, though. That's on the slick back look now. Mm. Probably been watching Chris Isaacs. 
I thought it was kind of odd. Um, as a kid, I I ended up with a couple of um, Bespin guards, and then they released the the black one, and uh, he had a much much better sculpt than the original. Yes, he did. He's not as bulky. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's he's actually aesthetically pleasing. He, he finally gets away from the whole kind of you know straight up and down. Yeah. It was cool. They finally no. did a f- action figure of this recently with Vader deflecting the bullets with his hands. Yeah, and that that figure's been around. For, that idea's been around for a long time. Um, they had shown prototypes of it way, way back, and then it didn't get made. Those stormtroopers back there look like they're about ready to bust a like dance move on. You know? Yeah, one guy's got the splayed feet, doesn't he? I know everyone makes the joke about them then going and having dinner and like Robot Chicken did it and all that, but I'm always obsessed when villains do that sort of surprise. Like, what are they doing beforehand? Like, they'll <laughs> be like, you know, I'm, I'll sit here now, uh, Boba Fett, you hide around the corner here and we'll get a double surprise out of them when it comes in. <laughs> and Okay, we'll have half the troops come in from this, the left, and the other half will come in from the right and just be... <laughs> God, someone's ratcheting their toys. Oh, it's my chair. It's it's been we're past an hour now. You got to fidget oh. a bit. Alas, poor three PO. I knew him, Yoro. Yeah. You can really see the the eyebrows on Chewie from that profile. Mm. Mm. No, this was comedic gold as a kid, him putting the head on backwards. This was just <laughs> like, it was that high-end Kirby enthusiasm level here. It's just like, oh. They all look the same to Wookiee. He's looking pretty beat up. Did they cut him up more, or? Oh, he's always pretty trashed. This actually, like, not scared me, but disturbed me as a kid, this torture machine, mainly because I just had no idea what it was actually doing. Or, yeah. Uh, like, I'm going to let you guys in on a secret. This is the most searched for thing that people turn up on my website for. Yeah. And it kind of disturbs me because it, it it's like torture rack Han Solo because they did a figure of it. Mm. <laughs> and people search it and come into that page. Like all the time, it's actually a great figure though. Like that Han is a good Han, and I mean, you I get a lot. Think for they're your searching for the figure yeah. though. <laughs> oh, yeah. You think that they're, they're coming in from the wrong? Yeah, the wrong keywords. Fifty Shades of Solo, sort of. Yeah, and they they, they get <laughs> they get there, and it's like, whoa, this is about toys. This isn't what I want. You can always tell because those, those clicks go nowhere after, you know? <laughs> yeah. So do you mean www.tvandfilmtoys.com? Yes, it is. Yeah, I don't know what people are searching for. They turn up on that page, but it can't be good. This was a really awkward kind of action figure. A friend of mine had the 3PO that came with a little backpack net, and it wasn't particularly you know, user-friendly. It was quite awkward to sort of stash 3PO and into the back, and then like Chewie wouldn't actually stand up. 
Oh, see, I had good luck with mine. Mm. Maybe I was just doing it wrong. I was only like eight. Kind of nice they spent you know that much money on a ceiling light for a jail cell basically <laughs> well they also gave him like robot rebuilding tools and let him keep the destroyed droid and mm, you could now, have like freaking laser beams for eyes yeah. or something why yeah. did she get to change clothes mm. she's royalty but yeah. she got to change back to the outfit she was in i had to wash them probably spilt something at dinner <laughs> Uh, I'm going on Wikipedia, putting that in now. Well, I mean, there might have there might have been a Gucci hoth jumpsuit or something, and you know, a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, but she already been captured in the other one. Now, have I missed the the Black Bespin guard? Where does he actually come into it? And he was right there, the, wasn't he? Yeah, no, oh, that's, that's what I. Sh- Hmm. I wonder what prompted that action figure. Yeah, I don't know. I had the micro machines of this um, set, and it was really cool. That sort of circle in the center of those red lights you'd twist, and the Han in carbonite would come up and down by sort of gear work. It was really Mm. good. The power of the Force one's actually pretty cool because it's got the little fabric thing on it. Mm. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that, but the um, when the figure's lowered in, you pull a lever and it kind of pushes the figure into like a fabric case or a fabric face case so you can kind of see the, the outline of the figure behind it. Mm. Okay. Mm. The, the, the top of it's way, way too small, mm. though. You can't get all those people on there and have it look... Right, they're all kind of standing on top of one another. I don't know why they would let them take their protocol droid around and not just like you know dump no. it. Particularly because it was the protocol droid that they destroyed because he seemed to learn too much information, and mm. now they're be like destroying a computer because a file's hidden on it, and then allowing your prisoner to rebuild the computer. <laughs> I actually for this scene. Um, I got the tops trading card before I saw the movie. Mm. And I remember the first or second weekend it was showing w- where we lived. Um, my parents asked if I wanted to go and I said no, because I actually did not want to see how that scene played out as a kid. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't they just test the thing on a bloody stormtrooper? They're all freaking useless anyway. <laughs> or an Ugnaught. Yeah. It's mm. only those getting around. They're unionized. Yeah. Chewie's looking pretty, you know, pretty disheveled here. That could be an action yeah. figure. Bedroom here. So stormtroopers have finally gotten to the point where they get handcuffs big enough for Wookiees. Mm. Yep, they learn. Yeah. They just need those, like, zip ties. The Agnaughts are pretty complacent in this. Like, they're not struggling with any moral... 
it's an awfully big room for just that facility. Look at Lobot. The dude has, like, yeah. no expression whatsoever. I quite enjoyed the Lobot figure as a kid. He had, like, the big flares. I always thought that he was aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> The claw. <laughs> for something that's meant to be for cargo, it doesn't exactly seem to be the most practical spot for moving cargo to and from, and all this railing and the whole room seems just nonsensical. It's a crude facility. Vader said it himself. He did. Well, in it's 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 not like they made product; they mined gas, right? Mm. Yeah, true. Bang. There you go, it's Australia Post handling your products for you with care. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want air registered ship (laughs) air? Now I um like as I said, I saw this film thinking this was the only film, so for me he was just dead at this point. They killed him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, the cart. The card was the close-up of his face, and I was like, wow, I, I can't take this as a kid. Mm-hmm. I remember opening the pack, because that wasn't the first card, and I was like flipping through them, like trying to see all the new scenes. Oh, look, Snowspeeder. And I got to that <laughs> one, and they actually have a little description on the back. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just like terrified as a kid. I was fun that everything that features a hand in carbonite is overpriced. Like Sideshow has announced a hand in carbonite figure and he's just as expensive as any normal figure it's uh how many points of articulation no <laughs> i don't imagine there's a, i can't remember whether it has lights in it or not my local zing pop culture store has a um uh life-size hand and carbonite and it's an extraordinary amount of money but it's actually not that nice up close yeah i still keep seeing the uh black series everywhere i seem to Still be offloading that here in Australia, the San Diego exclusive yeah. one, but they still always seem to want ridiculous amounts of money for well, it. Well, yeah. It's still one that I don't have. So. I, I picked it up. It eventually went down to about, I think, $60 at Maya when they were mm, mm. getting rid and of Maya it. Maya didn't oh, have any. Yeah, but it's like Toys R Us, I think, got it in recently, but they wanted like 200 for it, which... Yeah. And I mean, if you've got the Boba Fett anyway, you've got the Boba Fett, you're really just getting it for the packaging in hand. Actually, he started building a diorama of the the Bespin where Luke sees around the corner. They're pushing Han. And is it finished? I I said I started building it. (laughs) (laughs) I've actually built lots and lots of dioramas, but uh, unfortunately... You know, I'm uh, 50% planning and 50% implementation, so most of mine are half done. <laughs> I understand. It is kind of the set that matches the prequels the most, though. They sort of yeah, plain uh, I think they're very good interior designers. It's uh, it's a lot more comfortable to get around in than you know the Imperial stuff. It's very sort of drab and well, it's meant industrial. to be more of a public space too. You know, it's not a military space. 
Mm. Now, have we missed the ice cream guy yet? Because I always miss the ice cream guy. No, no, he's, he's yet to come. Okay. That's when they're yeah. evacuating. All right. So if Luke didn't come and, and save everyone, what would have happened? It's kind of like, you know, the what if you take the other pill at the start of the Matrix? Mm. Or take both pills? Well, I guess... Does he really save anyone too much? No. I mean, because Lobo was... Lobot was kind of on his way. I think it's Lando that gets them out of there. Yeah. Oh. Let's conveniently have a door that R2 can't roll through to. In fact, Luke is actually a pain because they have to come around and have to yeah. come back and get him. Yeah. No one uh, believes in lighting, do they? I mean, it's just an Ohas nightmare. No, no, yeah. those, those steps are lit up. Mm. I know, but there's no overhead lighting. And they have, it's just, it's they have railing here, which is huge compared to most. It's not like that sized. Yeah. You put all the lights on sensors, so they just only turn on when... Lando is pretty uh, woke when it comes to OH&S compared to it, the rest of the Star Wars yeah. universe. There's is your black to be guard. A force? The black Bespin oh. guard right there behind the... Uh, Lobot's got a smoke on his face. I always liked the guns that the uh, vintage Bespin guys came with. Uh, neat little blasters. Kind of reminded me a little bit of the Battlestar Galactica ones. And they oh. don't look like the ones they're using on the screen. No, not even close. Which is odd. I, I'm curious as to you know why they would have made that kind of decision back in the day. or Maybe... Someone didn't have a reference picture because you know you couldn't exactly email it. So. Mm. You often hear about um, Greg and Tim Hildebrand having to do the Star Wars poster based on a description of Mark Hamill. <laughs> Apparently, they couldn't get any reference information to them in time, so they went ahead and did it based on phone descriptions. It was the Dukes. It was the Dukes. <laughs> <laughs> So that ship's got some little bit of space going on. Oh. Disco Lando. Mm. Slippery floors. It's groovy flares. Yeah, I guess it's got a little bit, but... How much back of its when, engine? Back when Peter Mayhew could walk... I do think that this movie, out of all the special editions, is probably the best served. Yes. Because you get all these window views that aren't mm. in the original cut. Yeah. As they're running. And there's nothing really that you sort of adds large chunks or, you know, yeah. gets you, adds, you know, some sort of kid humor like smacking a hovering droid or. Anything like yeah. that. It's all just yeah. there to sort of increase the screen a little bit, but not. Yeah, it doesn't fundamentally change anything yeah. like slug slug jabber. Um, the thing for me was the snow speeders when they fixed those. Because um, yeah. once you realize you can see through them in the original, um, it, it kind of sticks out to you. Because, <laughs> you know, oh, I can see mountains behind the 
embrace of this. <laughs> so it takes like 10 people to freeze Han, but yeah. he, uh, he yeah. does it with like one lever here. He's a quick study. Has there ever been a playset in this area? Yeah. Um, well, like I said, there there was one in Power of the Force, then the Microline mm-hmm. one. Actually, it was the same. Mm. Lego did one recently. Yeah, yes, yes. I was looking at that the other day. Yeah. Keep forgetting about Lego and their contribution. God, look at that. You just jump off the sign. Oh. Why would you even bother? Speaking of serves no purpose. Yeah. Did you do you guys see the trampoline mistake there? If you look closely when he jumps off the side, his head pops back up again a little bit later. <laughs> where apparently there was like a trampoline he jumped on and it was just him bouncing back up, but <laughs> cut soon enough. It's one of those things once you see it, you can't unsee it, you see it. <laughs> See, now we're getting a bit more uh, like the Imperial ships. Like oh. Industrial interior. I love that tube thing he walks through. Yeah. Yeah, that was a Tops card as well, wasn't it? Yeah. I remember there was a photo of Sweaty Luke standing in one of those. And this area got a separate uh, micro playset as mm. well with the window. Well, my, this mine was is, actually um, the uh, same one. Uh, well, I'm sorry, when micro, you might be speaking of um, the other ones, but for the micro machines, it was like a Vader head that collapsed out, and you had yeah. the one yeah. at the bottom, and then the window mm. here was at the top, and you could flick, nah, flick through it. Think of the vintage one. Yeah. But that window is sort of iconic Star Wars for me, that design. Whenever I see windows of that circle with sort of webbing on the inside, I always think... I think Vader's like, damn it! (laughs) (laughs) Didn't think that through. Oh, it's micro-USB, and I've only got (laughs) mini-USB. Uh, I've got to update before I can watch. (laughs) (laughs) And it sits on 30% for like 15 minutes. Yeah. Please. (laughs) Please disconnect from program. um, When did the vintage R2 come out that had the third leg? The only vintage R2 with the third leg is the one that came with the droid factory. Right. And never saw the light of day after that. But the droid factory was episode two, John. Did you you catch Wilro in that? Yeah, I did. I did. For those that don't know that we're talking about, there's a guy who runs through in the scene and he's literally just carrying an ice cream maker. Um, <laughs> I understand his priorities. Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't have a beer keg in the other hand. 
party on Vespin. Do you reckon there's blue milk flavoured ice cream? That's going to be a... Or 3PO. I'm amazed at how often the silver leg turns up now. (laughs) Yeah. Like, once it's obvious, it's really obvious. No, what a drag. (laughs) Well, there's your handrail. Eddie, what are you worried about? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Lando's uh, place has all sorts all of... All over it, yeah. yeah. It's probably, uh, he's probably had so many um, infringements. So many industrial complaints from the unions. Mm. What, what, is, the, what, Luke's, what is Luke's plan here? Um, Was he trying to get revenge for Obi-Wan's demise? I think he was just looking for a way out. I don't know. Yeah, I, he runs I th- around a lot. I think it's kind of just like the Wampa situation in the video game. I saw about before. You're like, oh, this will be cool. I'll just go. In. Oh shit! Just run away! Run away! What purpose does this platform serve? Like, why, why would you need to go out in the middle like that? It's where you get the best phone reception. <laughs> it's probably <laughs> <had> instrument. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it probably has airflow instrumentation in it. Yeah. Maybe oh. it's um, it's like Cerebro or something. Now, what are all those blinking lights for yeah. in the background? Mm-hmm. Well, idea. The Wi-Fi just went down when they cut those pillars first. <laughs> yeah. I was just they, about to press yeah. submit order. Uh, they actually did a, a figure accessory of that thing that he cuts off. <laughs> the antenna yeah, that, and the hand. Yeah, that was around Saga, I think. Wasn't it? Yeah. That's the same when Luke came with the like suction cup weather vane there, didn't he? Yeah, and he had that um, the piece that they put over his arm later on when he's on the Falcon. That then, like years thing. later, you could plug into like the BMF Falcon, and it was just sort of really clever, like retro design. I wonder why the Sith never decided they'd rename the dark side to something that sounds a bit more friendly and happy, like it, that you'd get a better PR image from. Yeah. <laughs> the dark side, it immediately yeah. sounds ominous, right? Nah, this isn't the dark side. Yeah. We're the alt light. <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, um, the Hot Toys version of this Luke is very, very impressive. I've got the deluxe <laughs> version that actually comes with the battle damaged and the regular. Still not and enough it, weathering. It's very <laughs> impressive. Whee! Now, really, what's his plan there, right? Come on, vacuum tubes. Yeah, it worked out. Now, what is this design? So you've got these tubes that suck into the side. And then we have secret door. So why does it need to go any further? Yeah, which goes to another tunnel. Like, why couldn't you just have it drop all the way out? Mm. 
The Hot Toys even comes with this groovy little aerial. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't see much of a plan here. <laughs> I do like it as like a unique position to get someone stuck into. Like it's not something that really exists in life. Like someone had to imagine it, which is mm. it's cool. I feel sorry for the guy that's just trying to watch like the football game, and then suddenly yeah. his reception goes all crappy because <laughs> yeah. there's like a a padawan hanging off his aerial. Yeah. I think Luke could be better served with Velcro, too, on those pockets. Mm. This is actually a very disappointing figure for me in the Star Wars black line. I was actually really looking forward to Bespin Luke. Bespin Luke is actually the best figure of the vintage line. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Yeah, he was he was always my go-to. I must admit, I liked the Return of the Jedi in the black outfit because it was just mm. so slick. But, um, yeah, there was something about Bespin Luke. The, the bad pa- the bad face paint on the Jedi one is what what pushes the Bespin one over the top. Yeah. I think my Bespin Luke is uh, not um, as as seen better days. A lot of the paint is actually rubbed off now. I'm okay with the shuttle being here in this scene. Yeah, it's just one of those things that I I just don't know. Like, out of all the things to do, was that a major concern that people are like, oh, how did he get back up to his ship? But uh, it, It's not bad in there. It doesn't hurt or... If you didn't know, you wouldn't realize. Yeah. You wouldn't care, right? Yeah. You might have hung around and kicked on for a few days. Like, enjoyed the stopover. Yeah. Relax by the pool. How many doors does it take to get out of the top of the Falcon? <laughs> yeah, I often think that the uh, the Millennium Falcon design is is awkward when you can take all the um, the various movie bits into consideration, like where they go up and down into the gun turrets in Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, you think about how far those looked apart because Luke and Han mm. could actually see each other and how long he's on that elevator. Because, mm. of course, in sense. Star Wars, they're in, you know, Han and Luke are in those two massive gun turrets. Yet when you see the gun, like in, you know, in the, the Hoth base and the little gun comes out of the bottom mm. and shoots at the snowtroopers and it's like, oh, okay, does someone have to be manning those other huge guns? Maybe they did a retrofit between the two movies. Mm-hmm. I actually have a diorama of this docking bay, but it's the one from the Death Star. Hey. I remember because you've got groovy mirrors in it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Where Han recovers from his hangovers. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> his heart overs. And. Uh, According to Force Awakens, for some reason, that's where they keep all Obi-Wan stuff that he left on the ship. Mm. I don't remember that. Was, uh, for some reason, they're digging for medical stuff for Chewie and they pull out the training droid 
And they pause for a second to <laughs> freeze on it. It was, it was just one of the more awkward nods in Force Awakens to the only the only one I don't own on DVD. Well, how, how do the and Imperials I, get out of that pit? Those officers down there that are you know flying this thing. Why, why are they down in a pit? ladder? <laughs> and and do you think they're down there going? I really don't want to hear all this stuff of Vader talking to those other guys. I don't want to be involved. I don't want to be anywhere near this. <laughs> it all goes bad, yeah. They're just space cubicles. Just... Why well, we should fly towards the really big ship instead of away? Like you could go up or down. You have to fly over, like, you know, the five-mile-long Super Star Destroyer. Because no one will look for them yeah. there. Oh. Yeah. yeah, it seems to be their tactic. But this is what they did on Hoth. This is... Yeah, I'll fly along beside it because it won't have, like, 160 different... Turbo laser, turbo laser battery installations. There's the uh, Futurama joke from the Penguin episode where it's like, oh, I forgot they could fly in three dimension. <laughs> Is anyone watching Star Trek Discovery? I, I watched like, the first little bit and then dropped off after a couple of episodes. So just. Mm. I'm not keen um, for it. When all the ships turn up at the, uh, you know, the, the the Klingon stalemate, and all the ships turn up, and they're just pointing in random directions. Yeah. Thought that was quite clever. There's that silver leg. Yep. That one-legged three PO image hmm. seems to turn up. They did a, what was that series? The, the medals one with the figures. They did one of him like that. See a couple statues of him yeah. like that too. Mm. It was an so impressive was... effect shot for back in the day. You mm. can see sort of mm. hiding Daniel's leg. And... You think when the Falcon gets away, all those guys are going, crap. <laughs> <laughs> Like everybody on the bridge, you gotta think. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a whole when EF Hutton talks, you know, moment. So no one's chased these guys down yet. No. That's the least believable part of the whole thing. No, it's like Battlestar Galactica. They're out there. Heading towards uh, Earth. Here we have Lando in Han's clothes. Which uh, yeah. is actually yeah. one of my favorite Lando figures they did in the 30th was this. And I never yeah. realized that uh, he wears this until I got that figure. I thought it was like an AU one, but... Uh... 2-1-B does have legs. Huh. <laughs> I wonder if those were added for this. Man, Luke needs to get a haircut. Yeah. I used to like how 2-1-B's little gas masky thing where his mouth is. You could actually remove it and plug it back in again. 
Is that just like a thirties radio piece? Yeah, it's a mic. It's a microphone. Those go for like you were saying. Those go for money on the aftermarket Mm. now. You got to imagine that the people that legitimately want it for what it used to be are pretty pissed at the Star Wars people. Yeah, that's actually a big problem with uh, camera collectors. Yeah, want the, the the graphlex tubes. For the because um, they use for the lightsabers, yeah. So there's a lot of people, are, and, uh, and it doesn't even matter really. It just people buy up those old flash tubes, no matter what the brand now. And it's actually have one of those. Apparently, a really good way for like, um, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, when you appraisers um, to tell uh, sort of levels of legitimacy is what type of camera and piece was used mm. in uh, the lightsaber. Huh. Yeah. We're done. We are uh, indeed. Another episode. And through is there going to be a post-credit scene? Do we stick? <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, but this these movies started the trend of the director's name appearing after as the first thing. Because ah. up to this time, um, most movies had the director as the last thing you saw before the film would start. You know, you'd get your opening credits and director's name would be the last thing. Hmm. That actually had to get special approval from the director's guild or whoever it was to, hmm. to put it at the end like that. Hmm. Well, I only learned recently that uh, at the end of the movie was when they used to show the coming attractions, which is why they're called trailers. I didn't know that. Mm. Mm. Oh. All right. Good job, gentlemen. Easy done, guys. Uh, uh, if anyone wants to uh, continue on with the credits, you're more than welcome to. Uh, <laughs> but we might uh, wrap things up here, and uh, we'll be back in a little bit uh, with some feedback. Hi, everyone. Storm here from Argentina. Um, what can I say? Uh, congratulations. Um a thousand episodes, man. That's that's really huge. That's that's incredible. That's a uh, what is it? What? What do you mean? Just three hundred? Really? Okay. Okay. Um. Well. Um. Three hundred episodes, man. That that's that that's pretty good. Come on, let's let's keep going. That's that's great. Um, it, it's not a thousand, but three hundred is pretty damn good. Um, kidding aside, guys, uh, thank you for having one of the best podcasts out there. Um, I'm the only one I, I listen to um, religiously. Um, thanks for making me laugh every time. Um, Thanks for sharing that part of your passion. And um, especially since I'm a little bit out of the game myself, um, it's nice to leave that part of collecting through you. So um, that, that's, that's very important for me. Um, 
I'm not done collecting things. I'm still hoarding lots of other stuff, especially comics. Uh, but um, I'm a little bit out of the of the toy collecting game. But you you guys um, still make me feel part of that community, and I'm very grateful. Uh, so that's it for me. Um, you know, you have one listener uh, in Argentina, and whenever you want me on the show again, if you want me on the show again, I'll be happy to to be back. So congratulations again, 300. Man, that's huge. Well, awesome. That was great, guys. Thank you uh, very much for spending the time to do that. Um, and great. Yeah, I guess 350 is Return of the Jedi. Is that the plan? Or? That sounds like a plan. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Future spoilers. Yeah. Yep. And, right. and then 400 is uh, Phantom Menace, yeah? Oh, wow. Yeah. I'd do it. Yeah. Oh, God, I'd have to buy it. I'll just, like, drag <laughs> the whole time. I'll, I'll just, you know, I, I uh, what, when I introduced my eldest to Star Wars, I was, like, you know, I did the, really thought about where do we start, and I decided to start with episode four. Um, and then, so we did the first, you know, well, four, five, six, and then I was like, and now, my child, it's time to learn about disappointment. The order you show kids now is four, five, they get the Vader reveal, then you jump back, you see one to three, and you'd see that Vader was once a good guy and how he turned, and then you return to six, and you see the redemption of him. That's the... Mm. That's how you expose the kids now, so you don't end on the disappointment. Oh, 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 you're saying that he was a good guy in the in the prequel trilogy? I thought he was just a whiny bitch, yeah. <laughs> like his son. Um, I'm gl- I, I'll tell you what, though. Um, I the end of three. Uh, I can't remember how old my eldest was when we watched this, but I hadn't really watched because. Um, <laughs> I don't think I'd ever seen three because I was not a huge lover of the prequels. And so I wasn't really ready for just how graphic the, you know, the end of three was. And my eldest, who wasn't super old at the time, was a little bit like, I don't like this. This <laughs> is scary. And I'm like, me either. I'm really sorry. I didn't realize it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh. And also, what is he doing to those children? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> yeah. He's going to play a game now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> wow. uh, well, so 300. What? What? Uh, um, but we're not yeah. done. Yeah. No no, no, no. But can I point out for those of us that actually remember way, way back when we were probably even planning the podcast, I don't think we'd even recorded the first episode. We all made a pact that we were going to remain true to ourselves and our opinions and we were going to, you know, tell it like it is and, and not be swayed by gifts and things that came our way for free. And, boy, we stuck to our guns because <laughs> no one really sends us anything. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say we've absolutely succeeded in that. So to all those companies out there, yeah. thanks for nothing. <laughs> Literally. and Literally, yeah. Well, but, I mean, I think, you know, we've had we've – had, uh, there's time there's been times where you know we've had to kind of make make those sort of decisions of like well what do we want to be is it um because you know i was talking to someone just the other day about 
what I do, how long I've been doing it, and that, you know, we have a really healthy um, listenership, et cetera. And like, oh, wow, how much money do you make from it? And it's like, no, nah, that's not why <laughs> we why we do it. Like, you know, it's a, mm. it's actually, I think, very, very – and I have to say, listening to a lot of podcasts and different genres and things, that when I, – I feel like when you're trying to actually make an income from a podcast, it actually – as a listener, it affects my enjoyment of it. Um, mm. You know, when, when you feel like, oh, okay, oh, yeah, Blue Apron, got it, yep, okay. Like, you know, like, <laughs> and uh, and obviously it takes a lot of work, you know, to do that. And, you know, we, our sponsors have always just been about covering the costs that are involved in um, yeah. doing the show, which are not huge, but there's hosting and, um, you know, that sort of stuff, which um, does actually cost something. Um, yeah. and that's, that's all that I've ever really cared about, but I, I've never wanted it to be something that I felt like I had to do because yeah. I've yeah. got enough of that stuff in my life <laughs> that I have to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we really, I really appreciate everybody that has stuck with us and everyone that, you know, takes the time to give us feedback, etc. And, uh, as long as you guys keep enjoying it and so do we, then we will keep doing it in some form or another. Yeah. Hooray. Yay. Oh. And, uh, yeah. I, I think now that we're like 300 episodes old, I don't know about you guys, but I, I need a nap. Yeah. I'm only 140 episodes old. So I, I, could, I could go another 300 you could yet. Oh, yeah. Like the kids at my work Christmas party. Yeah. <laughs> On yeah, to the next place. Yeah, let's party on. I'm like, oh, no, I'm yeah. going to bed. Bye-bye. Okay, <laughs> well, good job, everyone. And uh, here's to the next, I, w- I won't say 300 because God knows, but here's to 301. That's wrong. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Have your Adam Spader neutered. Good journey. How much does that cost? Have we ever, like, priced uh, that? Uh, look, um, we haven't found someone that's prepared to actually do it yet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the the men in the white van are pretty expensive. Uh, <laughs> <true>. <laughs> All right, good night, nerds. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. Our theme music is by Robert Crandall. Our ad music is by Scott Holmes. The AFB logo is created by Nath Stones. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, Audible, and Gamefly. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at actionfigureblues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. You are listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 300 for the week of Wednesday, the 29th of November, 2017. I'm Scott, and with me tonight are... Ben! Oh my god. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, maybe once we've done a few episodes, we could actually like really get into the groove of this. That'd be <laughs> awesome. Ah, oh, crap. Yes, okay, I'm just like, getting the dock up, all right? Yeah, th- thinking like 500 by that point, if, if I'm still Shush. alive. <laughs>